I was close. I was on the verge of something big. I was look taking another look through my notes when, ah, spitball hit me in the back of the head. Would you keep that to yourself? He asked me if I would keep, keep it to myself. I didn't bother to answer. He didn't get me that coffee that he said he was going to, and to replace the filter on the coffee machine. Lord knows I can't get started at work without a good cup of coffee. And just at that moment, the dame walked into my room. Damn! Legs up to heaven. Walked into my office, and there were these two guys sitting there, and I didn't really know what they were doing in my office. They seemed to be looking at me like they're surprised to see me, but really, I don't know where they came from. She had that look of surprise on her eyes, like she always has when she sees us in her office. I looked over at my quote-unquote partner. Wants the coffee again, does he? Maybe he shouldn't have broke the filter. I'm just about falling asleep at my desk here. Wish I could enter a conversation with this, with this new chick who walked into the office, who I've seen several hundred times before. But damn, if I just worked a case too long last night, I can barely keep my eyes open. My partner better watch his back, or I'll shell out a couple of bucks. I sat down at my desk to get some work done, but these guys won't stop staring at me. I'm not really sure what their deal is. They seem to be fighting over some sort of coffee filter situation. I, I, scooched, <laughs> I scooched slightly out of my chair so that she could sit down. We really need a chair. I interrupted my partner. Not for any particular reason. I just hate it when he has that look on his face like he's thinking about something in his look own voice. Look at him, voice. watching me. And that's exactly right. I assumed he said to himself. And then I shot over to the other person. Just to keep a beat on both of them. Just in case. <laughs> She pushed my work off of the desk and replaced it with her own identical work. My partner started getting very erratic. <laughs> tearing his shirt off, revealing his supple muscles. <laughs> I didn't do that. I've dreamed about it. I've dreamed about the moment several times before, but never like this. He looked up from his erotic fanfiction. <laughs> <laughs> this will go great on this will go great on slashfic.net, I told myself. I don't know how these guys got into my office, but they've really been giving me some great material for my erotic fanfiction. I, I finish a page and slide it over onto the other de other's desk. He seems to be receiving it well. I got out my red pen to make some edits, but it was too good. I looked for something to critique her on, but she could go pro. Needs more semicolons. I've never been much of a copy editor, but I've been very good at drawing on other people's faces. So as my partner looked down at this manuscript, I got all old blue and gave him some real hairy eyebrows. He gave me his eyebrows. Not sure what that's about. <laughs> My eyes are cold. <laughs> I am Batman. <laughs> I, am all, I, am also, I am also Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I can't. I don't know what we're doing anymore. Of three people like playing Batman, and everyone wants to be Batman, and nobody wants to be like Robin or Batgirl. We we weren't really being Batman though. We were being we were just like doing a vaguely new a detective, thing. the world's greatest detective. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we can just put some noir music over that and it'd probably Sure. Call it a day. I'm so happy with how that turned out. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, I think that you're the one editing it, so enjoy yeah. being happy. Have fun. <laughs> enjoy yourself. Good enough. Let's let's do this. Uh, and and Devin, if um, if you feel at any point like you're like we're talking over you, just interrupt us or yes, stab please us. Please do. Okay, I'll just be like, hey, shut up. I'm There's no talking. stabbing in this show, Zane. It's all throwing people against hard surfaces. Yeah, because you could Ugh. conceivably survive that. <laughs> well, you could definitely survive that. <laughs> well, not if like a big robot did it. There's a big robot ever. I guess sometimes it does do it in this or show. Or like, what if you were frozen? Or like, there was a bomb. Welcome to the Carton Cast, everyone. My name is Ben. <laughs> and my name is Zane. And my name is Devin. And this is a show where we look at our selves. In... We look deep inside and consider <laughs> we... whom is the Batman? Who is the Batman? Who is the night? Who is the day? Who is the day man? Ah! <laughs> Lovely to have you on, Devin. I'm uh, so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is uh, my friend from our hometown in... Uh, Redacted. Uh, I might clip that out. Zane might clip it out if we don't want people to know where we live or lived. Uh, Devin. Redacted. Gotham. It's great to see you again. I yeah, am so excited right. to be here in Gotham with you guys, where we all grew up. <laughs> would you uh, Would you care Together. to introduce yourself um, to the podcast uh, proper in any way? I think is there you anything did that a you lovely have to job. Say? You pretty much covered it. I'm Devin. I went to school with you guys, and that's pretty much my whole persona. Devin, you are our favorite guest for the reason that you actually listened to our podcast when it was starting out, and we were both so thrilled. Well, um, good. I've enjoyed uh, it, so. Uh, I'm willing to say that, like, it, knowing that we had at least one person listening helped give me some drive to continue producing this, because we honestly had no idea if anyone actually thought we were funny or interesting so just I thought just knowing that you enjoyed us was really the whole great. time i've been listening to it i've been like just laughing and i'm like i don't know if anyone else will find this funny like who doesn't know you guys like i find it funny because i know you and i was like i don't know if anyone else will but i find this hilarious so hopefully other people like many, it but this whole time i've been episodes. like i wonder if they're just like making this for me i don't know if anyone else listens to this. <laughs> Largely. we very well could be it's probably for ourselves more than more than for you i listen <laughs> yeah, we, to this a lot really appreciate it <laughs> yeah but uh it's 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 great to see you again um i'm so glad that you decided to come on our podcast or rather i'm so glad that we had the time and we're able to uh get you on for an episode that you wanted to do I Very am so excited time. about that too. Yeah, we've been talking about doing this for ages, and I'm so excited that it's finally happening. Yeah, it's it's on me. Uh, we should have gotten you on earlier, but glad you're here now. Um, Devin, is there anything before we start that you would want to like? Uh, do you have any like online presence that you wouldn't that you would be interested in plugging? This is not necessary. Dan Cave said nothing, but uh, uh not really. No, um, I manage a video production company it's called well said media so you can check that out if you're interested we make a lot of um like promotional videos for cornell nice. university and such and i have a photography website devinjohnsonphotography.com and uh that's that's my that's my web presence i don't know sweet no very we, cool you should let us know if you get any hits from from you know the dubious screen names that show up uh listening to our <laughs> podcast <laughs> Sure. The Joker was right. Sixty nine commented today. <laughs> There's 
It's always it always ends with sixty nine. I was gonna say that that is offensive in more ways than one, but one definitely more so than the other. First rule of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's either four twenty or sixty nine. There's nothing sure. we can do about it. <laughs> it's just that's just the rules. So Devin, uh, today we are watching Batman the Animated Series. We are gathered here today. We are gathered here today to ask you what your experience with this show is. I love this show. Um, I we can tell from your from your uh, sweatshirt that you're wearing. Yes, which has all the say. all the various Batman aficionado uh, standing, uh, like kind of in a Justice League uh, presentation where they're all kind of standing in a line and just daring me to do something wrong. It's cool. It's got all. It's got the heroes on the front and the villains on the back. It's this just like my haircut. <laughs> just like Zane's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I have a Zane? Yeah, that's heroes in the front, biz- uh, business in the back. And like Zane's haircut, this shirt has also been in my family for decades. Family heirloom. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I grew up watching this show. Me and my brother have always been huge Batman fans. And uh, this show came out... Uh, it started airing in 1992. I was two years old, so Whoa. the very formative years of my childhood were based pretty much around the show. Um, Zane, are you going to let her get away with doing production history? I'm just what? telling you that you're going to let her get away with started. That? You want my history? This is, this is <laughs> it goes back to 1992. That's when my history starts. Is with the She's airing, the airing of this show. <laughs> I couldn't tear myself away from watching this to look up production, so she, it's, this is all her. <laughs> oh, I've got it printed out, so I can do it if you want, but I'll let you do it. I've got, I've got a Wikipedia page open. So <laughs> I've got Wikipedia got printed out. Um, yeah, go ahead and give us a production history. No, I, no, I don't want to do that. Okay. Batman the Animated Series, uh, which later became, later became The Adventures of Batman and Robin, uh, ran on Fox from 1992 to 1995, and initiated the animated DC Universe, which is probably the most consistently good thing DC has done over the past 20 years. Um, It is consistently hailed as one of the best animated shows of all time. It has won four Emmys. It led to a couple of movies, as well as the new Batman Adventures, which had crossovers with Superman the Animated Series, which led to the Justice League, and on and on to great success. Ad infinitum. Ad infinitum. Yeah, unlimited so, him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Justice League Unlimited him. My favorite element. Uh, yeah, so th- this is, of course, uh, lauded uh, from uh, from all cartoon-watching audiences that happen mm-hmm. to care about uh, superhero TV shows. Uh, did you have a similar experience with that, Devin? Uh, presumably, this is not the only cartoon you have watched. Uh, <laughs> but how would you say this ranks? Um, this is, well, when, I guess, the example of this would be that when you asked me if I wanted to come on the podcast and talk about a show, this was the one I wanted to do because this is my favorite cartoon and one of my favorite shows ever. Um, it's the go-to, like, when I think about my childhood, this is what I go to when I think about, like, and just Batman in general. I'm a huge Batman fan, and, like, this is the Batman in my mind. Like, this is the quintessential Batman That's very to me and to, I think, a lot of people, especially in our generation. I think you're right, and uh, it's odd because I, despite having had wa- having watched cartoons uh, at the same age, somehow missed this. Um, you didn't I don't watch this as a kid? I did not, and I don't know what, what it was doing? precisely. I, I watched, wish I knew. We watched Justice League, we watched Batman Beyond. But we watched this Teen Titans. Of... 
So it's it's odd to hear you say that this is the canonical Batman for you because my Batman was farther in this dark kind of farther down the grim dark slope than uh, than this Batman. This Batman is a little it's still a little bit campy, and I've got a lot to say about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my canonical Batman is probably like the video games and Dark Knight Batman. Well, it's funny you say that because this I think this takes place right at kind of where it started sloping from the very campy like Adam West Batman into the very much grittier this came out um, right after and was inspired by Tim Burton's Batman which was very much the more darker grittier side of it that people responded to really well and so this took a lot of those darker elements to make it what it was and then every kind of Batman iteration after that continued on that slope but this while still having some of those campier elements than a lot of the grittier batman stuff today was definitely in its time grittier than a lot of batman stuff preceding it yeah absolutely what what was uh, your um sorry uh, what was your like take on the uh christopher nolan movies especially the dark knight because a lot of people now consider that sort of the canonical pop culture batman and like i i also hadn't seen this at the time huge blind spot but how was it for you like going from like the animated one is the legit one i still feel that way i was definitely a big fan of the christopher nolan ones um but i'm not a big fan of christian bale's batman at all and kevin i mean kevin conroy is is batman like yeah he, this was absolutely this is the first um this is all thing, he did yeah, this this is the first was the first thing that he played Batman in, and he has been playing Batman in the twenty years since in every video game, every TV show um, that Batman's been in, and so he's he's Batman as far as I'm concerned. Um, what, one of my Chris favorite Nolan interpretations. Is just a what, one of my favorite interpretations of uh, Kevin Conroy playing Batman is that uh, he he has sort of sort of gone through the Batman trajectory where he started out he just wanted to do something important for the people and now he doesn't know how to break away from it so like <laughs> like he's been doing it so long that he is now Batman rather than mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy in the same way yeah. that Batman is now Batman rather than Bruce Wayne like the mm-hmm. association between uh, identity and secret identity flips mm-hmm. yeah like mass- he, he sort of got typecast different. yeah. Um, and like, I would say like Mark Hamill as the Joker mm-hmm. also like my canonical Joker. Um, even, yeah, just, even though I yes. like Heath Ledger, but I, I agree. Mark Hamill he, is even the just Joker. seeing yeah, him in like he, the Justice League episode. Heath Ledger did an amazing job in the Dark Knight. He was phenomenal. Um, but, and, and that was just a whole different thing. And I actually read a quote from Mark Hamill talking about Heath Ledger, Heath Ledger's Joker and really, um, applauding his performance and talking about how amazing it was and how it was just like a totally different thing and how he loved watching it and what he did with the character um but they're yeah. they're just they're just very different well, but i, I feel the more camel joker uh the going to the heath ledger joker is sort of the same trajectory of like making the characters that we know still having them kind of fit but going mm-hmm. down this darkness slope yeah. um you know the 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 heath ledger joker still kind of has that rambunctiousness but it's not giddy Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way, I really appreciate that this adaptation was so brave as to make something that was totally not dark and just kind of try to adapt it that way. Have you ever watched Gargoyles? Yes, I loved Gargoyles as a kid also. This reminds me so strongly of Gargoyles in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Did you write into us about Gargoyles? The... What's that? Didn't you write into us about Gargoyles? That sounds like something I would do. <laughs> awesome. Awesome job. Guys, right into the Carton cast. But yeah, this reminds me a lot about Gargoyles because, uh, you know, it's it's 
there's still the there's still the kind of silly jokes uh but at the same time you got like noir dark setting it takes place entirely mm-hmm. at night there's a uh, a lot of different characters to kind of bounce personalities off of mm-hmm. and they're not afraid to show a little blood so it it, mm-hmm. it feels very similar to me yeah i agree and i actually i and the animation to look is not up, too many steps up i meant to, to look up if gargoyles um had any well, I think it definitely drew inspiration from this. I meant to look up if it had any um, crossover crew members or um, any direct references to it being inspired by it. But I, I believe Gargoyle started airing shortly after this series ended, and I think it's definitely a logical progression of it animation-wise and tone-wise. Yeah, definitely. Um, and there is a lot that this show did to um, s- sort of uh, uh, create... A, a tonal space for superhero stuff moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been campier in the past. Um, and like, I think this and then the Superman animated series, which was much lighter, but still had a bit of an edge to it. I think you're those talking sort about of, justice league. Those, those sort of defined the edges of like what an animated superhero show can be. Like you can go between mm-hmm. those extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think there, yeah. I, I think there I, was I think... a Superman animated series too. Not... No, no, I think I think you're right. I yeah. just like Justice League a whole lot. Okay. I, uh, I, <laughs> I think that this, although it's an important station of uh, for 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 what Batman is, I think it's like an important stepping stone. I don't think he can go entirely from campy to current. Like, I mean, that would be a fine like revitalization of his character. But I kind of like this process where like. It, it, his character sort of follows the trend of society to view all this stuff with wonder and excitement in kind of a very Watchmen sort of way. Mm. When all of these Watchmen superheroes showed up, everybody was very into the the presentation of them until kind of reality started getting uh, a little bit... Uh, until, it, like, laws and the fixtures of society kind of um, said, no, this this isn't okay, and everything kind of takes on a darker tone. Um, mm-hmm. I think that what I like about this is that it provides that stepping stone from for us to get from where Batman was when he started out his career and it was all glitz and glamour, and mm-hmm. now it's like a little bit less defined, and he's sort of undergoing this transition until where he eventually ends up in like Justice League, mm-hmm. where he is the straight man to mm-hmm. every flash gag going yeah. on in the background. Right. So this isn't my favorite Batman, but I like what it does to his to this arc. Like I like to mm-hmm. consider that animated Batman to be one consistent character. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. And we also don't need to like blow our whole load here. Like we can handle this later on in the Yeah, no. I I think you said that well. I don't have anything to add to that thought. Yeah, ha- having Kevin Conroy as 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 Batman like for the whole time allows it to allows him to flex and be in different sort of I you love know, it when scena- he flexes. Yes. Different scenarios while still maintaining that, like, it's still believable all as one character. So, fun fact, Kevin Conroy um, was the first person, I believe, to voice Batman with two different voices for Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah, that's um, right. Which I, just about everybody who's played Batman since then has also done. Um, I <laughs> so think some less successfully than others. Some, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I'm a um, playboy. <laughs> So, yeah, everyone Love has att- attempted to do that um, with, to varying degrees of su- success. Um, what I think is interesting about this one, though, um, I was watching an interview with Kevin Conroy about it, and he was saying how... You really did your homework. I, I did. I told you I was doing a lot of research about this. Um, 
but <laughs> I'm super was, intimidated over here. <laughs> he was saying that um, he always thought of of Bruce Wayne as the disguise, and how yes. Batman was who he was, and Bruce Wayne was the disguise that he put on. And I think that that comes across in his voice acting in the sense that he makes them both seem very natural. But um, I noticed in one of the episodes I was watching um, that even when he's talking, when he's alone in the Batcave talking to himself, he uses his Batman voice oh, and not I his Bruce Wayne voice. <laughs> or, when he, or when he's just like talking to Alfred or not necessarily in his Batman costume, but like just, you know, in normal clothes, but talking to Alfred or something, he uses his Batman voice, yeah. um, which carries that idea forward as that Bruce Wayne is the disguise, whereas obviously Christian Bale has that crazy, ridiculous Batman voice that he's doing that's obviously <laughs> not his real voice. And Batman just had uh, a real rough three-year period of laryngitis. <laughs> that just... Yeah, yeah, but, only, he, but he like very selective laryngitis. He just couldn't go below a certain, a certain pitch. Yeah. Uh, I'm Batman. <laughs> Um, have you, uh, did, did you read any of like the, the comics from the past, you know, couple decades or like, have you like engaged in that batman I have not really. I, not okay. really. We had like some of the comics when we were younger, but I haven't really kept up with the comics. There was one Justice League, um, collection that I remember called the Tower. Uh, it was, um, Divided We Fall, where every member of the Justice League, like, gets, like, their personalities of their civilian life and their superhero life gets split. Interesting. And it's it's just like you say, like And Batman has four <laughs> No, so so like it's described as uh, by Plastic Man, who's, you know a fascinating character in his own right. You gotta um, stop talking about Plastic Man. So good. I'm gonna I'll he, walk over there. The booster gold of our time. Stop talking um, about booster gold. I'm so furious. Booster so, gold is in my notes. He, no <laughs> Devin, don't go. Go back uh, to the light. But he describes Batman as he he's like, a, we all knew that when you split up Batman and Bruce Wayne, you get a psychopath and a fop, right? Sure. Yeah, but not like we thought, because like the psychological no, Batman's torment, the father. The psychological torment of losing his parents, like that stays with Bruce Wayne, but he doesn't have the training or the discipline to do anything about it, so he just like lashes out at everyone. And then the actual he, He's Batman, like an impotent Sherlock. <laughs> he really is. He's like an impotent rich Sherlock. You know, I was actually reading into some of the like Playboy aspects of the Bruce Wayne character, and it reads before this series, it reads a lot more like Tony Stark. He would be mm. kind of debaucherous and and mm-hmm. and very, you know, very public. You know, mm-hmm. he'd be a public presence. And in this show, especially, he's far more uh, he's far more business oriented and like roots mm-hmm. in the community kind of thing, which is a change yes. that I really value. Yeah, intelligent and compassionate socialite rather than, you know, the idiot he had been before. Mm-hmm. And, and I love the idea that, like, Batman is like, there's certain tasks that I can't do. Like, there's certain tasks that have to be done in the light. I can do the tasks in the dark, but we gotta leave. It's sort of like mm-hmm. the Dark Knight, how he's like, no, we need Harvey Dent so that this is all kosher. Like, right, we, need, yeah. we need him to legitimize all of the things that we're doing. And I'll take Where's care of the... Dent? Where's Harvey <laughs> And I'll take care of all the riffraff on the side. Right. Like, I'll clean this up. Is, um, this is something I found on somewhere on the internet that I put it up. Um, and it says that in nearly all other media, including the comics, television shows, and films, Bruce deliberately plays up his image as a vacuous, self-absorbed, and not-too-brilliant billionaire playboy. In the animated series, his character is assertive, extremely intelligent, and actively involved in the management of Wayne Enterprises. And so they give the example in the episode Eternal Youth, 
um, Bruce was shown angrily ordering one of his directors to cancel a deal with a timber company in the Amazon rainforest that had been made behind his back, threatening with termination upon failure to comply. Um, so yeah, they show him as having a more active role in his company and being more um, assertive in his business and having more of a brain oh. than just like, oh. Can you imagine current plot lines happening in this political climate? Like those <sighs> those kind of like Bruce Wayne business. Just like, I, I can't imagine what that would look like. I want to get into that aspect of this show because like he like takes on like when there's no supervillains around, he'll take on like corrupt mayors and Don bosses or whatever, mob bosses, the Don. Uh, but when there are supervillains around, he has to protect those regular criminals from the super criminals. Like It's so good. Yeah. And then yeah. when he's done with all of those, he takes on Exxon. <laughs> I don't know. And donates to <laughs> orphanages as a billionaire. Yeah. In the way yeah. that Batman totally does. No, he do, he he's combating the orphanage problem on his own terms. He takes one youth that he happened to see his parents get murdered. And he's like, you're pretty strong. You look like you could do a backflip. You want to follow me around? <laughs> uh, anyway. And it worked. It worked so well, he did it a few more times. We're, we're getting a little bit too... Uh, we're doing a little too much preamble, so uh, let's get started. In the, uh, oh, in the are we not started yet? <laughs> no, I mean, we like, were... let's, 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 let's move along in our okay. formula. I mean, right, we can, we can also... No, 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 like, go ahead. We can I also, thought we were halfway uh, through characters. <laughs> I mean, we are kind of halfway through characters, but I did want to talk about the plot structure of the show mm-hmm. because I think that uh, uh, that is also important. Yeah. Um, because it is... It is it is a plot structure that I really value. Um, it has the same cast of characters. It has the same kind of themes of Bruce's psyche. It has the same notions of justice and revenge. But it's always with like this different, literally, rogues gallery of rotating supervillains in um, you know, pretty unique situations. Oh, and, uh, we will get into the rogues. <laughs> And this is like this is something that I think that this show does extremely well is that it gives us different play playgrounds to throw Bruce in, mm-hmm. like throw throw Batman over there near the wharf and he's fighting nautical villains and throw him into this uh, mm-hmm. corporate establishment and he's fighting robots. You know, there's there's yeah. a ton of different ways for this plot to go and it doesn't stick too long in any of them. Yes, it's not it's not too formulaic in a way that a lot of superhero shows can be, particularly early on like if you think of like the earlier seasons of smallville or like any shows that do that the like freak a week you know um kind of freak structure, a week, but... i like that <laughs> yeah i always um, think of monster of the week because of power rangers but freak a week is good unless there's a two-parter in which case it's a bi-weekly freakly <laughs> i'll just or see myself out freaky now. Bi-weekly. <laughs> we're both gonna leave here by like 30 minutes and Devin's gonna be talking to herself that's what i usually do when i listen to your podcast they're just drive around in my car listening to your podcast like talking to myself. yeah that's a joke they should have made <laughs> yeah i like talking back to, to myself it. i like no you time. guys can't hear me but i'll just be like talking like oh we can uh, hear you <laughs> <laughs> remember that hug i gave you seven years ago tracers all over your car <laughs> little, little mics that's my favorite move of him, where he shows up to the villain, and he just mm-hmm. gets gets all muscly and intimidating, and then yeah. like just throws a tracer under their desk, and then just like, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you off with a warning this time, <laughs> dirtbag. Um, I'm in charge. Well, uh, you don't have to sound so sensual about it, Zane. <laughs> I'm in charge. Uh, I'm Batman. Well, apparently, when they were 
when they were trying to cast Batman, when they originally cast Kevin Conroy, they auditioned over 150 actors to play him, and they were looking for someone who would be a very sexy Batman voice because they wanted to appeal to women. And that that is the stated reason. Did it work? <laughs> yeah. Follow up. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. They were like, they were like, we want him to be sexy, and so apparently Kevin Conroy was who they found to be sexy. Yeah, because when you think about it, he's not like, sexy when he's Batman. <clears throat> like he's Adam West, sexy. Batman, mm. not really sexy. Not so much. Comic book Batman, insane, and Tim Burton Batman, insane, not sexy. So like, this is, I think, what well, the, started it. The um, the this, this was this started Batman sexy. Yeah, that, the is, voice, that is your claim. The voice actor, director, casting director, I believe, was a woman. So. Ah, interesting. I think she was just, I don't know, that, playing, uh, that, playing, that whole to, playing to thing. her own. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, the video is up online. That that leaked a few <laughs> years back. <laughs> and he does both the voices. Yeah, it's... And he's got <laughs> all his Robins in there. So it's real creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's the weirdest sex video I've ever seen. Um, uh, well, honestly, I think that Nightwing has more sex appeal. Because you kind of like got that bad boy rebelliousness. I guess. Maybe that's but just without me. going like, but without going too far, like Red Hood is like dangerous. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you know, you know, his mom's not, your your mom's not going to approve. Although I'm not sure she'd approve Batman. <laughs> I no? guess if you were the mom in question, you'd probably <laughs> approve Batman. <laughs> My mom would. <laughs> but say you say he's a billionaire and has a strong sense of justice. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. More you're looking for, really. Um, well, going back to plot, something yeah. I wanted to say about um, the storytelling is that w- one of the things that I found kind of as a common thread among different places that were claiming this to be one of the best animated series ever, which I definitely Undeniable. agree with. Yeah, um, and one of the reasons that most of them. Um, say that for is it's mature storytelling which i yes definitely see um and i pulled a, a wikipedia summary of just one of the episodes that i thought was a good example of this so please if you don't mind mm-hmm. this is episode 49 i am the knight this is the wikipedia summary i think you yeah i think you said that wrong zane would you please i am the knight thank you thank you on the anniversary of the death of Bruce's parents, Batman accompanies Leslie Tompkins to Crime Alley to place roses on the spot where they were gunned down. Meanwhile, Did commission- he name that? What? Did he name that Crime Alley? Probably. probably. This is where all the crime happens. <laughs> no, they purposely walked down an alley called Crime Alley. Come on, come on Martha. Where's your sense of adventure? <laughs> Maybe we'll meet one of these disadvantaged black people I hear so much about. Meanwhile. (laughs) Yeah, if you thought you were going to get through this whole (laughs) summary without commentary. Meanwhile, Commissioner Gordon is on stakeout to arrest Jimmy the Jazzman Peak. (laughs) During a drug smuggling ring, Batman had promised to be there. Are you done? The cops. <laughs> Let's get out of here, I fellas. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm talking about it's mature storytelling here. <laughs> <laughs> You're selling it. The jazz man. The jazz man who's doing his drug smuggling thing. Batman had promised to be there, but arrives late to find a gun battle going on. 
He helps defeat the gangsters and arrest the jazz man, but at a high cost. Gordon is severely wounded. The incident traumatizes right. the incident traumatizes Batman, and he contemplates giving up his crime fighting career, despite the <laughs> jazz man escaping to prison to carry out his personal vendetta against Gordon, who had sent him to his prison six years before. That's the yes. plot of one twenty-two minute episode. There's a lot there. And in, in any like, in any yeah, live right. action show in that era, that would be a very special episode episode. This is just a it's an episode of the show. Yeah, this is that's just like and that's not even like one of the best ones. Um yeah, like in Static Shock, that's a very special episode kind of episode where they're trying right. to tackle like hard issues. But because right. it's Batman so, and because the show is so goddamn mature, it just does it right. all the time. We're dealing with drugs, we're dealing with like vengeance, we're dealing we're dealing with the jazz man. We're dealing yeah, it's with, be like, bad. like, contemplating changing careers. Like, these are yeah. mature themes that we're dealing with here. So, What's your five-year plan as bad? <laughs> right. <laughs> no guns. Got to push out at least three Robins. Uh... <laughs> right now, I'm in the public sector, but I eventually want to become, like, private Batman. <laughs> <laughs> private Batman. He eventually Batman. does. <laughs> he makes that arc reactor. He, he's a job creator. No, let's let's not go farther into what you were going to say, uh, Devin. I think I think that's a that's a really good point. Um, that this is a very mature show, um, as we've seen kind of throughout the ages. That they they kind of do get darker, but that doesn't necessarily mean more mature. This is consistently right. so. I'm going to use my example of Teen Titans, which we went through a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zane, do you remember the hallmark feature of whether or not it was serious or silly in Teen Titans? If it was a silly episode, we would get like. Japanese lyrics and like a bunch of like anime was, twee shit like it would yeah be, a bunch of anime chibi business it was it was almost unwatchable a lot of the time it was um, really good right but when it was I remember serious, loving it was Teen very Titans. good what's that I love Teen Titans when I was out oh yeah I used to watch good. it when I was in yeah that's a good show um but it knew when to handle levity and darkness well what I'm saying is it does it did it separately mm-hmm. right yeah. they didn't do both at the same time they did them kind of they were pretty strictly partitioned. Uh, any episode with Raven in it was going to be pretty serious. Any episode with Beast Boy in it, kind of dependent on the episode. Um, it seems as though all of the episodes in Batman the Animated Series are both in semi-equal parts. And it's it doesn't really feel as though... It feels as though it's always both, I guess is what I'm saying. And, it, and it's not really necessarily like laugh-out-loud humor, but mm-hmm. just funny funny little directing choices. So yeah. like if if a henchman is like coming up behind batman and he's like you know he's looking huge and ominous and he's got a bat and batman will literally just like raise his fist and it will connect and just still frame for a second <laughs> yeah like that's rafiki a, that's a and the lion joke. king yes it looked exactly like that yes. i'm telling you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and the um there were a couple of people that like were really credited with the um with the tone and the directing so mm-hmm. the director was looking for the name it was like um Paul Bruce Dini. Tim. Paul Dini was Bruce, one of the writers. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini are like yes. are highly credited with the with this style in terms of the writing and directing, mm-hmm. um, and sort of get credit for this being what it was. Yeah. Well, I I think that we want to kind of move farther down the characters. I think we talked enough about Batman. Unless you guys had anything else to say, I like the character want, of him. Um, I, I, I do want to tie in with the plot. Um, the fact that, like, even when the focus isn't on Batman, it's still fairly dark. So a lot of episodes uh, focus on the villains, um, and mm-hmm. and Batman's more of like a Columbo role where he just shows up and like investigates things every other scene or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but really the focus is on the villain's like tragic backstory and why they're doing their crime. Yeah, they're they're all pretty personalized. Yeah, like Mister Freeze had a very heartbreaking uh, you know plot arc. Harvey Dent very believable, like switch to darkness. And can I jump in there um, yeah. and talk about those for a while? Because please, um, <laughs> you want to do these... you want to do villain chat? Well, it's now the a good time the for that because the I have show. a lot to say about this. The rogues right. gallery in Batman is one of the best rogues galleries. Yes, it is. And a lot... Almost as good as The Flashes, but continue. So, Mr. Freeze, did you guys watch the episode of Heart of Ice? Uh, no, I don't think so. I told you to. I just watched it before we started because I'm like, oh shit, I didn't watch Heart of Ice. This Heart is of Ice, come up. you yes. recommended a lot of episodes to me, Devin. I couldn't get to all of them. Heart of Ice I'm going to the... get quizzed I, on did this. Did I not mention that they were in order? Because Heart, Heart of Ice is the first one I told you to watch, and that was supposed to mean that it was the most important one. Uh, you know what? I think I'm mistaken. I did watch that. I just don't okay. remember any details about it. So don't it's ask the one where Mr. It. Freeze says, well, ice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to be trapped between a bat and an ice place, I think he says. <laughs> is his ice classic palace. line. He made an ice palace. Regardless of anything you just said, this is widely <laughs> regarded as the best episode of the show. Yeah. And uh, one of an uh, Emmy for writing called... Uh, this was, I think, the first episode that Paul Dini wrote. Um, and this was the first um, thing where they ha- they originated uh, Mr. Freeze's backstory for this show in this episode, um, which he had been originally kind of a just kind of generic ice-themed villain in the comic books who had actually been killed off by this point, and they kind of revitalized his character, gave him this whole new backstory about having this tragic backstory with his wife and the whole thing that everybody now pretty much knows it's been it got ended up getting rewritten into the comics because it was really compelling to people arnold schwarzenegger famously uh, <laughs> <laughs> revived that in uh whatever the fuck that other i'm a movie tragic was. figure <laughs> which Get was a whole other thing them. but this backstory was rewritten into pretty much every other iteration of batman because it was yeah popular, i remember but, i remember seeing it in the games yeah um, but I think this is a really good example of what this show did a lot of, which was taking their characters and really making them a lot more three-dimensional, which they were previously more just like, oh, generic, like, ice cream villain, generic, like, yeah. bird And that's villain. hard to do with all the villains. It is. <laughs> you occasionally it it get Calendar Man. And you're yeah. like, well, yeah. well. Doing the things a calendar can. Yeah. <laughs> um... Um, yeah, no, what I liked about th- yeah. about this is, like, they're not afraid to change or, or retcon things, and then, like, mm-hmm. it was so good what they did with them, they just kept it, so, like... Yeah, it, yeah, it became the new canon. Yeah. I wonder when that happened in the in the run like, of the show, when they... Like, because this went on for a long time, and the reason that I didn't watch that episode, because I watched the episode called Heart of Steel, not Heart of Ice, because I just, like, it, clicked oh, the wrong... Oh, when Superman's tragic backstory, but right? It, like, it's got such a long runtime that, like, I wonder when in the runtime of the show they were like, this is just Batman now, so let's just follow this. Let's just, let, this is now Batman, you know? Yeah. I'm going to have yeah, to check that sure. episode up later, though, because it sounds great. And I like Mr. Freeze as one of my more favorite villains. This episode was done so well. Um, Michael and Sarah plays Dr. Freeze and is just so good. It's a re- He plays a really, um, I yeah. found his performance to be really kind of haunting. The voice acting um, across the board, pretty great. So good. Um, Audience, were... if, if we ever if we don't mention a certain thing, 
about this show, just assume it was pretty great. Yeah. I, I have a couple <laughs> missteps, to be honest. Like, I don't, but you'll I don't, get to those. I agree that Stop it's it. a very good show, but like uh, just just so that I have it somewhere near the middle or beginning of the episode, uh, I don't think that this show is immaculate. I think it was just very good at a time when other shows didn't do very good in the same ways. But I, I'll, I'll let that go for now and bring it up later. Yeah, I'm, sorry. Uh, c- continue. Um, it's hard having three people on. <laughs> so, um, what I what I found uh, interesting was that Mr. Um, Mr. Freeze was one of the characters that really stood out to me about this. Like I said, I watched it a ton when I was a kid, and Mr. Freeze was one of my favorite characters from the show. I found him so memorable, and I remembered him as being one of the main villains from it. And I was surprised to find when I went back to watch it again that he so he's in this episode heart of ice which is episode 14 he does not appear again in this series until like one of the last episodes which is called deep freeze he's only in like two episodes of this entire 75 episode series but that one episode was so memorable that he really stood out as like one of the main characters that i remember anyway from watching it Mm -hmm. um uh Interesting fun fact, uh, Bruce, Tim, and Paul Dini said that if they could change anything about this episode, they would have made his tears freeze on his face while he was crying at the very end, which was that something would that good. they... Well, they ended up doing it in Batman and Robin, an oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger um, version. That's awesome. Uh, so they, they got to put that in there. I, I'm um, not as well-versed in like the Batman canon as, as I bet both of you are. Like I know Batman know, from Batman, Batman Beyond, canon. the movies, and then also Injustice God, Gods Among Us. Well, you have some work the, to do. I suppose I you, do. And did you end up, Ben? Did you end up checking out the Batman musical? I recommend. God, Zane, do we have to do this? <laughs> I kind of do. All right. No, no, no. You, you know what? I, uh, Zane, I'm going to veto. We're going to we're going to say that for tone because I think that's going to come back in a big bad way. Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Devin, Fan continue unabated. Okay. Well, right. slightly abated. So <laughs> slightly abated. All right. So that was what I had to say mostly about Heart of Ice, um, and then Two Face was the other one that I wanted to mention because that's he looks another one. awful in this show. I'm, what? What? He looks so bad. I got to watch the ones that you cared about. <laughs> what, what was so bad about it? It just looks dumb. I don't know. That like, It doesn't do it for me. He well, was a little over the top. But... What I found interesting well, about he, it, though... He's got a big... He's, he's got mutant face. It doesn't oh, look like design. he's gone through a burn or something. You know? Yeah, that <laughs> is weird. Like I don't know why they made the his opera. face blue. That was odd. That's an just odd it, like I, I would have preferred like sagging Chemicals. in gray, almost like zombie. Sure. Or something. Yeah. something clearly like they tried to piece it back together, but it didn't work. What it looks like is that he, his mom had sex with an alien. That's what <laughs> like it looks like to me. I'm it was like, a oh, weird geez. design choice for sure. But that, that's all I mean. <laughs> well, what I found interesting about this was that. Um, they added in, first of all, they introduced Harvey Dent in a few episodes before the Two-Face Origin story episodes so that we could kind of get to know him as the good guy first. Um, we actually see him first as a victim of Poison Ivy's, um, and then in a few other episodes where, you know, he's the DA, and we get to know him as a good friend of Bruce's, um, before all this happens, and they introduce this idea of him having, like, a, um, multiple personality disorder before before the, his accident happens, um, which... Oh, he has it of, before the accident happens? Yeah, which this is the first... Um, that was something that they came up with for this series, which I thought was really interesting. Alan Burnett, I think, talked about how he actually consulted with a psychologist to come up with a backstory for him that would be like suitable for children, but also really like um, interesting and compelling. <laughs> so 
This was what they I mean, came that, up that with. That, and could I thought ex- it- that could go some of the way to explaining the blue face. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say they probably had to make it cartoony so that it wouldn't be like... His alter ego of Big super- Bad Harv. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, like, that was his, like the that was his the first Bron- uh that was his first gangster name and everyone's just like uh could use some the more broad strokes time, the broad strokes well, have, of the show yeah. are dark and serious and then there's just these little every goofy, so like, often you, they, yeah. you just could use the second a second pass yeah <laughs> a lot, well, a lot did, of it feels like that did either of you watch two-face parts one and two yeah i only yeah. saw two-face in one episode but that wasn't the one i saw it in saw I him told in. you watch that one too you i'm sorry me. you I failed tried. the city um, I watched the right ones by coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't have to tell you. Um, I'm the real Two Face. <laughs> Maybe you were talking to Zane, and we both didn't realize it. <laughs> I just had the wrong number this whole time. <laughs> yep, um, <laughs> he's an imposter. <laughs> well, um, the Two Face two-parter start, uh, starts with um, he's on the campaign trail. He's getting really stressed out, and he has a couple of moments where he like lashes out and kind of goes into his alternate personality. And he has this like really angry side to him and Bruce starts noticing that like there's something wrong with him and he's like Harvey like are you okay and he's like I'm fine and then everything's good now are you sure you don't have like some inner demons um and then like you know he start you know he ends up going to see a psychologist because of this problem and she's like you really need to like check yourself into this like um, you, you know, need to take yourself place, into like, a mental institution. Yeah, and he's like, I'm campaigning, I can't do that. You are nuts, sir. <laughs> yeah. I usually don't go out of my way to tell this to patients, but you're deeply fucked up. <laughs> well, that's pretty much what she You said. look well, like you are ripe for supervillainy, if I well, may she, say like, so. She tries to hypnotize him, and then he is, and she succeeds, and she brings out like his other personality. He turns, Big Bad Harv comes out and oh, almost man. kills her, and she's like, dude, you need some freaking help. Um, but, but I he, recommend the asylum. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they got so, this great asylum. It's, it's top notch healthcare. Yeah. Um, so that kind of I don't happens. mean to be just riffing kind of, over your explanation, but this no. stuff is so goofy it, when you take so, it out of context. It's vaudevillian. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely vaudevillian. Like it's all like a musical, and that's what I want to get back into with tone. But it is so <laughs> silly. It, well, it it is. It is both. It's. No, that's it's, what I like it about it. Both. It's both. It doesn't yeah, exactly. It doesn't try to do um, one thing and then another like in Teen right. Titans. It does both. Right. So it's yeah. It's got it's like a you know it's got some, definitely some cartoony features. It's got some silliness, but it's also like dealing with a legitimate like mental health issue, mm-hmm. um, and bringing some reality into that character and some depth into that character, which um, previously didn't really exist so much. And that's something I find really interesting throughout the series that the that the writers do really really well is just injecting more depth and finding like how can we make it why why what's the problem oh my problem with zane was You're biting his toenails while you were talking oh ew just <laughs> 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 you were shaking your head at me i was like nope I'm <laughs> just being dismissive of zane <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right i couldn't get over what zane was doing it and was he needed to me. know it i'm sorry in the moment <laughs> Um, reset. Well, anyway, reset button. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I always feel like Two Face got kind of an unfair shake. Like he, he always feels mm-hmm. so small time in the in the Batman Rogues Gallery to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know who who do you think are like the the main Batman antagonists? Obviously, Joker's number one. Obviously, but then, Joker. 
Mm-hmm. Who, who's um, next after that, though? I feel like it's Scarecrow. I don't know if that's. Oh, just I me. don't think so. No, I actually, I would put Two Face above Star- Scarecrow. Hmm. Catwoman has an interesting relationship because, like, she's one of the more threatening ones, but also, like, they have that romance. Yeah, yeah Cat- that one's Cat- more Cat- soap opera than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. True. What she? I always her- really liked Poison Ivy. Her uh, Catwoman's place is really interesting in Injustice Gods Among Us because once, uh, I, I don't know how much you know about Injustice, uh, Devin. Not a ton. So uh, basically the whole plot of it is that the Joker kills Lois Lane for fun because he's the Joker. Sure. And he <laughs> felt like it, I C- guess. Citation needed. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Superman uh, like retaliates by killing the Joker and kind of uh, policing the whole Earth, being like, you guys can't be left to your own devices. I'm this is why just... we can't have nice things. This is why we can't have nice things. Flash, <laughs> like Lois you take Lane. Australia. You look, you look, you look kind of like a down under guy. I uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, I don't even remember where I was going with that. Oh, Catwoman, yeah. So Catwoman plays a really cool part in that, where like she is the person that Superman turns to to like be kind of the go between between him and Bruce. They can't talk anymore. They, there's too much between them. Like, why didn't you stop Joker when you had the chance? So they can't really talk anymore. Sure. But he is going to Catwoman and be like, I know that you care about him, and I know you're a villain, but can you just do this for me because he really needs you? And I know that you're not a bad person. And her only request in response is like, just when you're policing the whole world, don't forget that the real villains are the ones who don't get brought up on charges. They're like the ones in Wall Streets. Like, don't forget about us like at the bottom, which right. is like a really cool twist to her character kind of being yeah, like the is. Robin Hood archetype. Yeah. I didn't see any Catwoman in this, but I would have loved to. There is Catwoman in this. She's in Good. a few episodes. And I really like the way that they handle her. She actually does um get they she gets arrested like they find out that she's catwoman she ends up i think going to jail um and then i I forget what happens but she's good in this um interesting story i have to go on kind of a tangent to explain this so that's okay all right (laughs) in the um it's gonna be a long episode but it's all right (laughs) toward toward the end of this series um fox decreed that Robin must play a more crucial role in this for some reason, even though he's no one's favorite character. I thought you were um, talking about Lucius Fox. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Fox the Network on which this aired. Okay. Thank you. Um, so Robin appears You've kind of sporadically in the first season. Yeah. Um, he's kind of there sometimes and not there at other times in no really rhyme or reason. He first appears, I think, Well, in, he's going um, to school. Yeah, he's in he's college. He's busy. <laughs> Um, he first appears, I don't know, like, 30, 20, 24, episode 24 is the first time we see Robin, and with no explanation as to where he came from or where he's been this whole time. He's just like... I thought that he, I thought he was in that Christmas episode where they fight the Joker, the really bad one. Yeah. Yeah, I... I don't remember, maybe. It was like the second episode. the first half of the first season, it takes a little while to get going. It yeah. does. I, I skipped ahead to some other Robin episodes with, like, uh, you know, revenge against uh, the mobster who killed his parents. I love all that. All the, like, the... Yeah, so the I, Robin's So many of the villains are just, episodes, like, random mobsters. Yeah, they do a really good um, Robin origin story with Robin's Reckoning, mm-hmm. um, which comes after he's been there for a little while, and then he's, I don't know, kind of sporadically there or not. Um, they made him in, in college because to get around Fox's censorship rules that about showing endangerment of children. 
so they couldn't make him too young <laughs> because then they wouldn't be able to show him in any dangerous situation, which is all Robin does. Right. Um, so now we have a grown so, man in those so little tights. That man, I need a new better. pair of tights, I swear. I'm still growing. <laughs> it's better now. After deciding that, then later they decided that um, they didn't think that kids would want to watch a show that didn't feature kids more. So they wanted all of their episodes to heavily feature Robin, even though they already decided not to make him a kid because of censorship rules. I don't know. Um, hmm. I don't love so, that decision, anyway, but I don't. I also think that Robin is fine in this series. So it's not, not as bad as it, it's not as bad as I don't. Been. I don't think anybody watching the first season is like more Robin. I like, was. <laughs> I'll be oh, honest. Well, I thought that maybe they made this role for you. I don't know. This is easily the worst Robin I've seen. He brought every episode down that he was. Which, in. which one? Which which Robin? Like, I don't. Like I don't Dick Grayson him. or uh, Tim D- Tim Curry Dick, Tim uh, D- Dick Grayson. yeah Tim Curry Tim Drake <laughs> if Tim Curry was <laughs> Tim Curry Robin Robin in this series that would have been a very interesting twist. Fun fact: <laughs> Tim Curry was originally cast as the Joker in this. They recorded a few episodes. That would Too scary, and then uh, cast Mark Hamill. Um, oh, nice. But anyway, so in the second season, Fox decrees every episode must either be a Robin episode or feature heavily feature Robin. Oh man! Um, and so at some Fox, point, what are you doing? Yeah. So then the writers at one point wanted to do a um, Catwoman and Black Canary episode, which would have been pretty awesome, probably. Yeah, I'd and be so into they, it. They pitched this storyline, and Fox was like, "Where's Robin, though?" And they're oh, like, "No." They were like, "Well, we were kind of thinking maybe Robin didn't need to be in like just this one episode." And they were like, "No." And they I, were like, I... "Meh." Every so um, often, our dad so will talk about how, like, bus- like the the people in charge of the colleges should have less control of like the policies of the colleges because they don't live in a college and don't teach at a college, so they don't know what colleges do. That's what this is sort of reminding me of. Like the execs yeah. just don't understand their own like fan base or the people watching the yeah. show. Yeah, like I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think like, that most of the people watching it would have preferred seeing Robin to seeing a Catwoman and Black Canary episode at like, all. Catwoman is half episodes. Robin anyway. There were some great episodes that not only didn't just have just Robin, Robin with boots. they didn't have Batman. There it is. There was one. <laughs> maybe where, a tail, um, maybe a freaky tail. Which, uh, and who doesn't love that? So. No, I would be. I, I could be happy for days. <laughs> if, I had, if I had one Gestalt character to bring onto a desert island, it'd probably be Robin with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Green Lantern with fanny pack. I don't know. <laughs> they had. Uh, they had an episode where Batgirl and Supergirl team up to fight uh, Livewire, one of one of Superman's villains, uh, and Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, and like that was a great episode. Mm-hmm. When Robin shows up, it's not that he's bad; it's just those episodes just don't seem as good. As, hey like, guys, why are you here when Batman could be here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. only really interesting in the context of Batman. Yes, and I will say that in the Batman musical, there's That's a whole a song called for. "Robin Sucks." Zane, why do you hate Robin in this so much? I, he just and he I'm going to take this anything. opportunity to start barreling through some of the recurring characters because I think that's in where such we're a in such a streamlined show where everything's dark and and but like it's it's uh, cohesive. We have this one guy who like like I don't feel like he he fits as well. He's in this brightly colored thing. I don't know. I don't dislike Robin intrinsically. He was great in Teen Titans, but this Robin just didn't do it for in me. In Teen Titans, he was small Batman. Right. So it, was, it wasn't even really... He should always be small Batman. <laughs> the, the idea like that Robin is sort of rambunctious is, is kind of what makes him Robin in my mind. And Robin... in this show, Batman is also sort of rambunctious, so it at times seems it looks a little bit like young Robin and old Robin just kind of talking shit to each other. 
Robin exists to be tiny Batman who is occasionally wrong until he realizes that Batman's a dick and becomes Nightwing. This is the normal progression. <laughs> this happens all the this time. This is the way things should be. <laughs> the, the, the divine plan, if you will. I like Dick Grayson. I feel like the Robins very, very wildly in, in quality. Because I, I hated uh, Drake. I hated the I hated rapper? the second one. Yeah, the rapper. And also Drake from Drake and Josh. <laughs> oh, but he carried the show. A- anyone named Drake who doesn't oh. have wings seems wrong to me. <laughs> well, that's why you're named Drake, is because you can fly. I guess Nightwing yeah, sort of racist. can fly. He's got that <laughs> little glider. Uh, but yeah, we were, we we're going to cycle through some uh, other characters. Sure. Uh, I wanted to talk about a good Alfred for a quick for a quick second. Bounce right sure. off me. This is this is Alfred at his most sassiest, and yes, I'm I'm super happy about him. <laughs> yes, he's, he's pretty delightful. He's, great. He, he, he's my favorite part of Batman. He didn't show up much, series. but he was great. Okay, I'll take it. It's how sassy Alfred is, <laughs> and I like Michael Caine as Alfred in in the Dark Knight mm-hmm. films. But like this is yeah. this is very solid. Like he, like Batman will come in like shouldering Two Face or or Solomon Grundy or something. They're like 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 taking him down to like get him checked out and make sure that he's not going to die or something. And Alfred will just saunter in and be like, "Will we be having another guest for dinner, Master Wayne?" <laughs> 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 like oh, Alfred, you you love what you do. Oh Ben, did Solomon Grundy show up in? This? I don't think so. I was just naming characters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I love a sassy butler. Got a yeah, it's sassy great. Because at times it feels like he's controlling the relationship. Like he could very easily tell Batman not to go, like to be back by nine thirty, and you'd think I think that Batman would do it in this setting. <laughs> Uh, and then there's Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like he I like is... Commissioner Gordon in this. I like him. And, I like yeah. the conversations between him and Bullock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sol- solid mm-hmm. Gordon in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's it's he's always portrayed as like this sort of unflappable, incorruptible, like pillar of justice. He he seems pretty stubborn in this to me, and and I, yeah, I think he, he always he seems pretty stubborn. stubborn to me because he's backing vigilante justice. Without asking any questions, that's the job of the police commissioner. You know, it, it it seems like he should be like pushing back against Batman a little bit more than he is, but he just trusts him implicitly. I wouldn't have minded a little bit more fabric to that, but it, it's it's well acted, and I like how he. I like the I like the scuffles that involve him because it means that we are a little bit more grounded and we're not dealing with some weird like Joker esque mind control gas. We're dealing with like no, there's crime on the streets. Let's get it off the streets. Did you know that a police commissioner doesn't have to be a police officer? Um, in the way that like a president doesn't have to be a politician. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> how how long did it take? <laughs> like an hour? <laughs> I'll I'll let it go. Because <laughs> so, it says usually an experienced police officer, but some are politically appointed. Yeah, I guess I never I never realized that. It seems very much like he wants to be a cop again. I don't understand what Gordon does other than just like he shouts get in there and do shit. He shouts he's, in, he's in charge of the bat signal. Yeah, yeah he has to maintain very it. Very important signal. <laughs> under his job description, it's like bat signal maintenance and operation. Bullock, we need um, more AA batteries. Yeah, it's not just a switch, right? Like it looks more complicated than that. When I was Those a kid, wires. my my dad was the commissioner of something, not the police. Um, I don't know what he was commissioner What's of. What's even the point? But, like, if you're not the... 
police commissioner. <laughs> I don't had, know. Like, he but had like, a bu- actually, a maybe he wasn't even the like, commissioner <laughs> of anything. I don't know. But like, he had some meetings he had to go to like once a week or something. And my mom would tell me that he was commissioner gordon and he had to go like turn on the bat signal and my brother and i thought that was so cool we it like, oh, is so God. cool yeah hello wow. and then i found out my parents were lying to you me. really you really grew up in the batmanity i did my yeah, yeah my parents like batmania were the original bat fans they they raised us on nope. it i guess i guess <laughs> that's why bat. i grew up Thomas on and martha i guess that's why i grew up on this and you guys didn't i blame the parents and our public schools <laughs> yeah, they should be showing Batman in the cafeterias constantly. Yeah, or at least arming their students with batarangs. Like, anything would help. <laughs> I mean, my, my brother was armed with batarangs from an early age. Good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now he's just me. a double <laughs> homicide away from being a Robin now. <laughs> um, do you want to keep uh, going through some of these other characters? I, I kind of said all of the ones that I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I did want to mention that the villains in general are so much goofier than batman is like i know yes. that we're talking about how batman is both goofy and serious the mm-hmm. a yeah. lot of the villains are straight up super silly um well they're all insane they're psychopaths is- yeah they're 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 psychopaths they're goofy psychopaths um and i like it better when batman's seriousness plays off of them which i think is what they yeah. got to mm-hmm. in eventually like justice league is where there's some people who are kind of silly you know, and Hawkgirl's kind of sassy, and uh, and and Flash is always going to have a, a a quip or something like that. And having Bruce be the straight man for that is a formula that really works. So having him why be the, the straight Batman... man against all of these villains is great. I want to read you a a, a a a quote that I wrote down from Two Face, <laughs> if I may. Go ahead. He 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 calls up Batman, or he 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 goes on TV or something like that, and he shows that these there's like these two chemicals that I'm sure Zane has in his office uh and if they join together they're gonna like kill everyone or something Ah, hydrogen and oxygen whatever uh and (laughs) he says here's an equation one plus one equals armageddon and if i don't get 22 million dollars by 2 (laughs) a.m these two gases will mix and there will be only two kinds of people in gotham dead and dying and <laughs> it's just over the, the top. commitment you have to respect the commitment there like he I'm, could have asked I'm, for 30 million but no I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cut in part from the musical because it it just takes that and just ups it another one <laughs> okay sounds good i was gonna go over to the duplex anyway to catch a double feature catch you all on the flip side huh no my coin that's okay because i always carry Get your broke ass out of here, Two Face. Deuces. Um, yeah, because the villains like they kind of like they start off as like I want to get vengeance or I'm gonna get a lot of money, and then they just kind of like it becomes a hobby for its own sake. Yeah, yeah, it, it's like, extracurricular. This is why it's so good to see the Joker and Batman interact because like. They're so fundamentally opposed, but they need each other. It's, it's this, and the Joker, it's like, like the Joker's motivations are so far from regular criminals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the show also introduced Harley Quinn, who I is was about a, to talk about that as well. Yes, go ahead. Uh, a, a favorite in the in the cosplay community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge upswell there. Yeah, so she was originally introduced as kind of a one-off character. They um, wrote her into one episode. They actually kind of wrote her in. Uh, kind of last minute because the um it was for an episode where the joker was supposed to be uh he was going to dress as a woman to act as bait for some trap 
and then they, the writers decided it would be beneath the Joker's ego mm -hmm. to dress as a woman, so they decided to give him a female henchwoman to no, play we, that role. We, we, need, we need another character in here to play off Mr. J. Yeah. Why are you calling him that? Huh? <laughs> also, what game did you play um, most recently? Chess? Okay. I guess that's sure. what we'll do for our costume. What's your favorite color? Um, actually, Wait, no oh, black. Okay. <laughs> uh, actually, um, the costume came from... They were afraid of um, clowns and doctors. ...was inspired by uh, a soap opera. I forget which one it was. It's like Days of Our Lives chess. or something. Um, they had seen... Uh, what's her name? Um... I forget the name of the woman who ended up voicing Harley Quinn, but she was on the soap opera and played some character, and she had dressed in, like, a Harlequin costume for some reason, and they used that as their inspiration for this, and then ended up, um, Arlene Sorkin? Arlene Sorkin. Ah. Um, is what Wikipedia says. Uh, and it came into my brain. Um, <laughs> Directly from Wikipedia. My, my brain. The uplink is second. working is, just fine. <laughs> this is amazing. Got her it right Wikipedia says, um... <laughs> Her Wikipedia says that um, she, it, it's like Arlene Sorkin, unrelated to Aaron Sorkin, is married to Christopher Lloyd, no relation to that Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> As I was trying to remember what her name was, I was like, I remember it being something that I remember being like, is she related to that guy? No. And then I was like, Arlene Sorkin. That's her <laughs> but anyway, um, he was... She was based on her character from the soap opera, and then they ended up getting her to, to voice her. So that that was where the costume came from as well. Um, How was she portrayed in this? Because I, I saw a little bit of, uh, like, kind of, I think it was wacky. that article that kind of said, said how they were all kind of personalized in some degree and, and sort of uh, um, um, sympathetic in, in a way. And, mm -hmm. and I think Harley's character has always been of one in a, uh, of a, of a woman in, like, a damaged relationship that is yes, bad for her. Yes, very much so. That was actually shockingly apparent when I went back and watched this. Like, I never really picked up on it when I was a kid. Um, but I know, like, just from kind of seeing things, you know, I, I haven't actually watched Suicide Squad yet. Um, That's but okay. But, like, you know, it's, it's been talked about, the whole Joker-Harley Quinn, you know, relationship being weird. Um, and so when I went back and watched this, I actually watched the entirety of this series in, like, a week. Um, wow. Not this week. I watched it back in, like, March. Um I, I had like the flu for like a week and I just sat and watched this. It's a good week. Straight. It was sickness it was is good. so good for watching cartoons. Yeah, I was like, I'm you, so you have, just watch you have cartoons focus like week. never before. It's true. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I watched all of it and I I remember being shocked by like how blatant and how obvious a parallel. Yeah. Yeah. The um, toxic relationship is between the two of them. It's like very like he is so abusive like verbally and physically and he just like throws her around and like treats her like shit and she's just like oh mr shay like that and it's like it's it's actually disturbing one of the coolest um, parts in injustice gods among us or just injustice i guess i keep on saying the name of the video game instead of the comic book but the the cool one of the cool parts is how she deals with the joker's death and she kind of mm -hmm. goes through this kind of like bottoming out period this this kind of dependent mm -hmm. period where she like mm -hmm gets this fixation on green arrow but eventually she comes out of it being like you know i've had some time to think and i've come to the conclusion that no one ever fucks with me again <laughs> which is like a super cool spin to her character and i wish that That's she cool. was more than like i wish that she was more than fan service in the current mm -hmm. era because i think that there's like mm -hmm. a lot of cool things that you could continue to do with yeah. that yeah there was one episode i'm trying to remember 
It's been a few months since I watched it. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. But there's an episode where she gets released from... She she goes to Arkham. She gets released. And <laughs> That's she what she decides, does. She's got, yeah. she's got, like, keys she, for that place now. <laughs> well, she decides that she wants to try and be good and, like, turn her life around and stuff. And she kind of, like, gets, like... Like, she goes into a store and, and, you know, gets, like, pretty woman, basically. Like, she goes in and, oh, and what they give mean? her the whole... <laughs> like, when you... I could take that so many different ways, Devin. Please be cautious. <laughs> Let me explain. That's just, like, when you go into, like, a really high-end department store and they look at you like, we know you don't belong here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And that happens. And she's like, no, I'm, like, a good guy now. And so, but, and she ends up, like accidentally shoplifting or like a thing like goes off and she and they like try to arrest her and she like freaks out because she's like no i'm not a bad guy and like it's pretty much an interesting take on like how the system is set up uh, like for re-entry and how difficult it is for people yeah. to like um re-enter society after having been locked up um mm-hmm. and so she i'm trying to remember what happens i think she ends up going back i think that's i think that's the one where the Joker is very blatantly just, like, playing these, like, mind games with her and trying to, like, get her to come back to him, and she's like, mm. no, and he's like, yes, and she, I think she ends up going back. Um, that, 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 was, that was an, Yeah, that, that was an interesting Harley episode. Part, part of me wishes that Harley Quinn had stopped with the, jo- with the, with the kind of uh, the notion that the Joker is such a psychological mastermind that he was able to trick a psychologist into loving him. You know, like, the idea that that her character ended with that's just what it shows about the Joker. And then she was never brought up again. But I I like this side of it where she kind of also evokes the damaged lover in a bad relationship kind of thing. I I, want to know why you think this character is so popular. You know, Ben's answer is fan. I I think it's gotta be mostly fan service. Is there something deeper here? Um, I don't really know. So, like I, like I said, she was originally created as kind of a one-off character. They brought her in for this one episode, and then they ended up bringing her back because fans really liked her. But why did the fans like her? Would you say that it was service to those fans? I, I guess I would, yes. Interesting. <laughs> so they, 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 kept, they wrote her in as a bigger part of the show and then adapted her into the comics. And You know, every, you know I, mean, I love the, the Joker, history, but could but... he be a little less Jokery? <laughs> like, maybe? <laughs> I'm also a teenager, and everything confuses me and my hormones. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh... That's just my guess. I, 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 I yeah. I don't, I'm happy I don't to have the alternate is. interpretation of uh, Harley per- Quinn. Personally, I was never really a huge fan of her. I really prefer Poison Ivy as as for my female villain. Uh, I never choosing. saw much to her. They have an interesting relationship. I never saw much to like, Poison Ivy. Like the combo of I them. don't think she's as complicated a character emotionally as Harley Quinn. She's got a cool um, theme though. I like her theme better. She's got a cool theme and a cool design and I just mm-hmm. I Plant just dig bomb it. Generation. Um the episode Eternal Youth was was one of my favorites. Um when she she turns everybody into trees and she and oh, Alfred's trees. got like Did you see this one? Alfred's got like a girlfriend, Maggie, and they like go away to the spa for a weekend and they get turned into trees and Batman's like, oh. "No." Oh no, my butler's a tree. (laughs) I'm a serious hero. The age-old problem. I'm dark and gritty. (laughs) Everyone everyone can empathize with the problems of the modern Batman. Oh no, my (laughs) butler is a tree. Again, context. (laughs) We should probably get into um, 
like why the show is the way that it is. Can I say is. a couple more things about characters really quickly? Please do. I just have a couple, couple of um, notable voice actors that I wanted to um, yeah, shout out Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Red Claw was voiced by Kate Mulgrew, who is red on Orange is the New Black and also played uh, Janeway on Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. Um, yeah, I recognize her. Ed Nigma, the Riddler, was voiced by John Glover, who later played Lionel Luther on Smallville, and also um, Dr. Jason Woodrow in Batman and Robin, who worked with Pamela Isley, who kind of turned her into Poison Ivy slash got killed by her. I, I think that Rob, I think that the Riddler is my favorite Batman villain, but he's so contextual. He, he's he so. Was not one of- he he's was not one of my favorites in so this. much of the time. Like it depends on yeah. the context. Like I like his. I did the not. Okay, I the did idea not love of just him needing series, a mess but with he's, the world's greatest detective. He's my favorite character in Gotham. Do you watch Gotham? I, did, I didn't. Right I I have a poster of it in my office, and I I've, don't know why. I think it's got like the penguin. It does have like the penguin. It, yeah. Um, no, I mean and it also po- has, the poster in my office. It also has like the Riddler, and he's my favorite. <laughs> He's my favorite character on this on this one. The, What's the, the first name two seasons for a man were really... with like bats on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> man, the Riddler as like <laughs> as like a, a, like a s- s- South California like ditz is pretty funny. <laughs> um, so like, I just anyway. wanted to you know fool the world's greatest detective. I don't think he could handle it. I I I th- I think the Riddler is nice in that he uh, he keeps trying to get people free money from the government. Yeah, he looks a lot like Matthew Lesko. <laughs> you you should look that. I, I felt like if I didn't bring it up, somebody would. Well, I wasn't going to, but I it, I that was a my bad. Uh, Devin, you should look up Matthew Lesko in Google Images right now so that you can see what we are talking about. You probably saw the advertisements as a kid. I want to get you free money. Oh, this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he just like the Riddler. Well, yeah, I always thought he looked like the Riddler. I was like, why he's are just you wearing a question mark two, suit, There's only two aspects of what the Riddler looks like, and it's question marks and insane, and he's hitting <laughs> he's, both. He's sitting on all cylinders there. All right. Um, um, I, the I think we... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, you uh, have one The last mm-hmm. thing I wanted to shout out was that Ron Perlman actually plays several villains in this, including Clayface, Killer Croc, and Bane. I I hated all of them. I hate I hate those characters. Well, you can they blame Ron Perlman. Bane is Bane is a little bit better, but I don't like the others. I like Clayface a lot. Really? I for some reason the Clayface episode, I think it's a two-parter, was super memorable to me, memorable to me, and I really like that one. In, in I don't know game, why. In the I think the Arkham Asylum game, uh you can go and look at Clayface's cell and there will be like a note on the cell being like don't be like alarmed if somebody that you love or yourself is in this cell. It's just oh, Clay. It's just Clayface messing with you. Please don't open <laughs> the cell. Like you get the feeling like it's happened a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I remember um, I was watching uh, something about this, and um, they were talking about the animation, and they said that um, when they got this particular piece of animation from this episode back, that they were so impressed with the animation studio that had done this and how they'd really gone above above and beyond to add all these new um like animation elements it was the scene where he's like turning into a bunch of people and it keeps changing and stuff and they're like instead of just doing like a straight kind of face changes into a whole bunch of people that's like you know splattering out in all different directions and the head would like kind of spin around and then change and like doing all this crazy stuff so it was it was a cool piece of animation in this episode that's bizarre because the only piece of animation lore that i could pick up was that it was it, it was convenient that it was animated because it was apparently a real pain to do like 
Batman <laughs> moving around and also wearing armor in like the like the real life stuff like in the in the movies like yeah. any early like Tim Burton movie uh like apparently it was a, a big deal to try to have Batman emote facially because there was too much costume in the way I do have a a, a thought reemerged from the crevices of my mind why do you have notes on Booster Gold oh I, uh, oh, before we leave I characters we, I don't oh, really no I don't really but he's I mentioned I was really hoping oh well he's he's mentioned in something I have here um which is a whole Did thing you watch which I can Bru- go to this okay Booster Gold the animated series no this is um this is a conversation I put it out between me and a few of my friends that I thought was interesting. We were talk- talking about this series, and uh, one of them briefly mentioned Booster Gold. But I can I can talk about this if you're curious about it. It's it's we about might as well other stuff. It, I can, it might okay. get cut. Right, but yeah, right. let's hear it. I have a feeling we're gonna cut Booster a lot of this because a lot of it was just like, it. how do you feel about the Batman universe, and not really what like how do you feel about the animated series? Well, although we don't tend to cut much, it'll probably all get. In. Um, Easier that including way. Including this. Okay. Including the following. <laughs> including um, the commentary. Well, so I asked some of my friends um, about their impressions on the show because I was curious to get other people's impressions of, about the show. Um, and I have a few friends who work in the mental health industry who had some really interesting things to say about this Ooh, yeah. that I thought I would share. Please. So... Um, my one friend said uh, that he loved loved the show. That this series is one of the best DC DC things ever. Um, but Batman's whole deal is combating mental illness by punching, throwing things, or otherwise assaulting the mentally ill. Not my favorite superhero. Um, <laughs> and this led to a whole conversation about this. So he says Bruce has the financial resources to upgrade Arkham into a top of the line modern functional mental health care facility. Um, I mean, if he stops funneling all that cash into bat-shaped vehicles, which is kind this of a valid gets, point. This gets at the heart of Batman, which is we like him because he's, you know, fighting for justice or whatever, or because he's cool, but really he's a deeply disturbed individual on his own. Like, he also belongs in Arkham. Yes. Um, yeah, which goes on to, so this goes on to say, um, like, Bruce Wayne has so much potential to do good in the world with his company, but his inability to get over his mommy issues and his pathological need to be Batman causes him to squander so much of his potential. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's definitely fighting his, himself more than anything else. Yeah, so we got into things like um, that so many of these villains, like like Mr. Freeze's whole thing is that his funding got cut. If Wayne Industries funded his research, maybe he wouldn't have to be a bad guy and he could just focus on curing his wife, which is what he really wants to be doing. I just watched Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I think this is also how they do things in the modern uh, DC or uh, Marvel or whatever movies, uh, superhero movies, is that the main mm-hmm. villain in that is basically uh, a construction worker who got his, uh, who, who, who lost the contract to uh, some government agency mm-hmm. who swept in. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem, the problem with this is now every like grant application consists of one sentence, and that sentence is, "If you do not fund me, I will become a supervillain." <laughs> and this will be my theme. <laughs> it was like you can't just like bribe everyone not to be murderers. Like that doesn't really work. Uh, um, have you heard of society? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's all this is. Well, this this conversation evolved into coming up with like ways that superheroes could like use their abilities in other ways like how superman um free energy yeah exactly um just creating like free energy so this led to a discussion how instead of the justice league it could be a humanitarian league um and uh this 
list was uh, so you have Kal-El, the free energy alien, Bruce Wayne, the world's greatest philanthropist, Barry Allen, who <laughs> assembles affordable housing at the speed of light, Diana Prince, who wears actual pants, and Booster hey. Gold. And Booster Gold can keep doing whatever he's doing. He doesn't need to change anything. No, he's doing great. <laughs> he's doing he's great. He's doing amazing. So Lex Luthor was the real hero. I guess, it, you know, oh. I guess, uh, you know, Iron Man, first Iron Man movie, the second he's like, I could be doing good for the world. He immediately like, invades a third old country and is like, let the white man handle it. <laughs> that is what happens, Iron yeah. Man. <laughs> it's kind of gross. <laughs> Um, so the uh, main takeaway from this conversation was this irony that Bruce's inability to see others' potential is kind of keeping him from realizing his own, and that instead of like, like, all right, Poison Ivy just wants to like save the rainforest, like maybe, maybe help her just, out like, with save that. Save the fucking rainforest, yeah. Like, but like, Mr. Freeze can like stop global warming and like all of these things. Like, he just needs to take an economics know, class. Uh, like, he's a terrible businessman. <laughs> He has no idea. Yeah. Like, he doesn't understand what it means to like fix the community. He doesn't understand how governmental or like uh, like assistance programs work. Because if he had any idea, he'd he'd be so much more effective. Right. Well, like Arkham, I don't even know what the fuck they're doing in Arkham, but like it's not. It's not <laughs> mostly any, sweeping up seem, from the like the last. They don't seem to be really doing attack. anything there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if if if. Can you Arkham imagine being actual... construction worker in Arkham? <laughs> oh, this again. The clerk's yeah. conversation. You, you would be booked 24-7. <laughs> Job security. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if Arkham was an actual functioning mental health facility, then, like, it would... Then s- sending them all there would be a much better solution, but it's not. Yeah. So... It's kind of just, like, this cyclical game of, like, yeah. trying to herd cats, basically. Just, like, oh, get everybody in there. Oh, they all escaped. Like, get them all... Round them all up again. Yeah. I, I feel like occasionally they do this where they try to, like, take the take this telescope. Like, they try to zoom out to, to use your photographer terminology and not look sure. specifically at uh, the characters of Batman and his <laughs> villains. And I think that they always find that that doesn't really work very well because Gotham as a city is not that interesting. Um, it, it's these silly psychopaths that I think that we generally show up to watch. Like... I've never seen like we occasionally look at like the commissioner and we like occasionally save somebody from some some muggings to start the story but the story always takes place with the kind of more idiosyncratic villainy um yeah. mm-hmm. and we never really get a, a flavor for if Gotham is better or worse based on what Batman or the supervillains are doing like I feel like they're playing yeah. an entirely different set of rules in a world that doesn't quite as well mirror our own like, the rules can be different. Like, we kept bringing up uh, Injustice. There, Superman was like, well, what if instead of fighting supervillains, I, like, actually help the world? And that kind of didn't turn out great. Yeah, The Flash has a really good line in that where, like, it's like, okay, well, what solved the, what causes the most uh, the most uh, deaths? Well, you know, like, let's take away cigarettes. Let's uh, jail anyone who speeds. Let's kill everybody who doesn't recycle. You know, like, where does it end? Right, right. <laughs> um, that's one of the things that I think... Uh, Gotham does pretty well, like giving you a picture of like the whole city. Um, what you were just saying, I, and I won't get too much into Gotham right now, but that that's something that I feel like that is doing a better job of than than the animated series definitely did. Right. Well, let, let's get let's get back into something specific with the animated series. I wanted to move yeah. on to uh, something in the tone of this show, and I think Zane needs to take over on this aspect uh, because okay, what fine. I found was that this show very very strongly feels like a vaudeville routine for a lot of it 
Okay. It's it's uh, there's a lot of staging. Yes. That takes place. So like it's it's kind of like one of those like uh, you know one act detective stories where like you're just sort of slowly gaining context like at the beginning of the story the villain knows everything Mm -hmm. and by the end of the story batman knows everything and we just kind of go on this journey with him yeah it's like it's like we're reading the play of the like this is a very like shakespearean kind of model of a play and right in the middle of it for like a five minute sequence whenever the action breaks out all of the dialogue cuts it is entirely that kind of batman fanfare Mm-hmm. And that very and, strongly feels to me like it is a play that they're putting on. And the more that we learn about the villain's plans, the more we learn about like the villain themselves. And a lot of times for these superheroes, we like we empathize with them. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, this, you know, this isn't exactly your fault. Um, so, so it is kind of like a play, like a like a Shakespearean tragedy almost. Like every episode. Yeah, I definitely like, felt oh, that way. I definitely felt that way with Heart of Ice, and I think that's one of the things. Um, like we're saying about the characters and about building out these, um, you know, more in-depth backstories into the villains particularly to make them more sympathetic. Yeah, I definitely got some Shakespearean feeling from, like, the, the from, from Heart of Ice as well. I'm thinking about the voice acting in that one and just the, the kind of tone of how dramatic it was. Yeah. Fun fact, Kevin Conroy was a Shakespearean actor. He went to... Um, theater school at Juilliard and actually played Hamlet in some productions. I, uh, I don't like, I don't hate the, uh, so when, when you, we get back into Batman beyond, uh, when we, when we pick up with this character after he can't do the job anymore and he's just a bitter old man. Like I like, mm-hmm. I like kind of like putting one more benchmark in there where, um, Oh shoot. I had a point. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. I'm, I'm going. This Is this about the stage play? Like we wanted that to be more of like, old Bruce and young Terry, like, interacting. Well, I mean, that as well. But I, I had a point that I just lost halfway through my explanation. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about the kind of presentation of this as being kind of like a play as opposed to a drama. Um, you know, they do kind of have those fight sequences that are that feel very highly choreographed and choreographed, I suppose, is the actual <laughs> word for that. As some might say. Made choreography too. Uh, <laughs> it makes sweet choreography <laughs> for this scene. Well, what I like is like so in our in in my conception of Batman, the uh, the dramatic beats is always like he goes too far or he doesn't go far enough in someone else's eyes. Like Robin will be like, "You're too weak to make the killing blow," or Joker's like, "You're too." weak to do the killing thing or and all the commissioners are like joker's like you're too joker's like you're too strong to to hold me in your in your (laughs) (laughs) commissioners gordon is like you break too many bones and so like (laughs) him in reference to either doesn't go far enough or goes too far in like a criminal justice aspect i feel is where the dramatic lies in these current interpretations of batman so to go back and look at batman through the presentation as like this player in the presentation of a good story is such a fresh take on where i feel the setting Mm -hmm. is like i don't feel like Mm -hmm. i'm watching batman struggling with where is the line i feel like i'm Mm -hmm. watching somebody I, i feel like i'm part of an audience watching this batman mystique unfold around me like in in kind of a watchman mm. sense of the word of mm. of like the of the pres of the uh, of the setting. Like there's a bunch of crazy superhero stuff going on, and this is a story in it. 
you know? It it doesn't feel like a drama. It feels like an adventure, I guess. Is, is any of that kind of resonating with you guys at all? Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the things I felt when I was watching it was that it crosses genres so much, which I think is one of the things that you're saying, and I think it, like, at times it felt like you know, it's it's not just an adventure show in the way that a lot of action cartoons or specifically superhero cartoons are. Um, it's it is also a drama, and a, you know, it's a character drama. It's a it's a crime drama. It's, it's got elements comedy. of you know, it's... yeah, it's got comedy. It's got um, you know, it's got mystery. Like some of the like detective stuff. I I hate Batman shows that don't play to the detective aspect i love how much they also... do with the detective aspect of this that's the most yes, fun for me. me too that's like the me human too. part of batman being a badass is that he's able Same. to see these things that no one people, else sees when people are like you know make the argument that batman's not a superhero because he doesn't have superpowers or whatever mm-hmm. bullshit people want to say um about yeah, he got that belt but um that's one of the things like he's he's the world's greatest detective and i i love it when shows play that aspect up because it's so much more interesting than just like i've got cool weapons yeah which is also cool but um it's, it's fine. a lot less engaging and they do that really well in this one you get the sense that he understands everything that the audience understands yeah i don't feel that way with this Look, interpretation of batman batman feels like he gets surprised a lot in this show mm-hmm. well he gets snuck up on it's not quite the same thing yeah i guess i'm just used to a batman that is always three steps ahead oh yeah yeah, yeah. like i I have a contingency on how to kill you. Right. I'm going to try not to it, use it out of respect to you, but <laughs> you shouldn't count on it. I think that. it makes him more interesting than, like, if you have the assumption that he's always three steps ahead and, like, he's always just one-upping everybody, that can get a little bit old once in a while. Like, right. it's kind of no, 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 I refreshing agree. to see a hero yeah. that sometimes, like, sometimes does get blindsided or isn't prepared for something or didn't know that was just going to happen but has to like overcome that it's it's tricky because i think that's the batman that i like is i like him being the one that has all the cards because his greatest Mm -hmm. power is that he's thought ahead uh, he's thought ahead and like planned for this but at the same Mm -hmm. time i've seen it so many times that i wanted to see something else this does something Mm -hmm. else and well well, Mm -hmm. he gets he gets there by justice league in here he's still very much going from his gut yeah like he, he's still so, kind of figuring so out where he works in this society. Like, he doesn't know whether he's so supposed to be both a man, like, with human relations and Robins and uh, maybe a girlfriend, um, you know, and, and like, uh, you know, uh, a Sunday brunch with his butler or something. That's just, I feel like they have Sunday brunch together. Or whether he's just Batman, and that's all that matters, there's, and just, so I much have to, to give character. everything else up. There's so much here. I don't know if I can get into it all. It's just... Uh, I don't think we should. Uh, in fact, I think that we should abruptly yeah. break from that. Zane, tell us about the fucking Batman music. One shot. Two shots in the night and they're gone. And he's all left alone. He's just one boy. Two There's nothing, no, there's nothing he can do. Except be the best man that there's ever been. He's gonna carry the weight, he's gonna get revenge. He's got the 
I've uh, you know I've mentioned this uh, theater group Star Kid uh, several times before. Um, With Anakin, they put all their shows. Yeah, yeah, Annie. Uh, they put all their shows up on YouTube, and this was, in my opinion, their best one. And it's, uh, you know, the story of a Batman. A man, um, what is Bat? And it's yes. Just, like, it's as campy as the old Adam West ones, and then even further, and also a musical. Like, yeah. just pulling out great. all the stops. And, and, and obeying none like, of the canon, which is great. Well, in addition to, like, doing you know, classic jokes and having classic character interactions, they also, like, portray him as just, like, like, this need to be loved, but this inability to let anyone in. Yeah, like that um, old meme, that uh, that image. Do you guys remember? Do you guys one? remember that image that was rocking around, like, maybe 10 years or 7 years ago or something with, like, uh, Batman smacking, I think it was Robin, like, smacking him across oh, the yeah. face. He's yeah. like, my parents are <laughs> dead! That's, that still happened. That's the, that's the image... <laughs> That's, that, that's what around. that's what the musical is. It's <laughs> like a big, long, extended. <laughs> my parents are dead. <laughs> but it's, I, I don't know how to do it justice. It is just uh, really funny, and I kept trying to get people to watch it, and most of them do like it. And Ben, you're like the only whole. I I tried, man. I tried watching it. I watched like the first three acts or something, and I I just couldn't really get into. It. I like the the presentation of it. It feels very much like on a stage in the way that Batman the Animated Series feels like it's kind of on a stage for me, the yeah. person who likes Batman, in order to consume this Batman that I want. Um, I guess I could have phrased that differently, but let's just keep going. <laughs> I did notice one thing. I did notice one thing. I believe it, that maybe Jacob used to like quote yeah. one of them. Like some someone Which in like one? the first act says something to the effect of Alright, you goons. Take these here drugs, put them into them dead guns, and then hand them out to those who gambling the prostitutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about this. Should we really be doing these illegal activities in a children's hospital for orphans? Say yay, yay, yay. Like, set up a Batman moment. Like, the, the platonic ideal of set up a moment for Batman to walk in on. <laughs> like, it just takes everything up to 11 and then also, like, goes through a play of, like, okay, what if Batman was kind of an idiot? <laughs> well, he's incredibly insecure in that is, is the best part. <laughs> yeah. Like Superman makes so, like, fun of his plane not going as fast as Superman, and he goes back to the Batcave, and Alfred's like, "Do you want to tool around in your plane?" No, I hate that plane. <laughs> I never liked it. Not fast enough. It sounds like it sounds like you like this enough to watch the rest of it. It's, it does, it's amusing. It I just better. couldn't handle anymore. My threshold for that is real, real yeah. low. We'll watch it together. And in the same way, like I, I appreciated the, the 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 presentation aspect of Batman the Animated Series, but I also. I kind of don't need any more Batman in my life at this point. Like, I've seen enough of it that I can't get that much more out of this show, even though it's a very good representation of Batman. don't make sense to me. No good, huh? If I can get more people to watch the (laughs) musical, I've done my job. I mean, I I will have to check it out. Sorry, what? I've said my piece. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Um, you'd probably enjoy it to some degree. I will will have to check it out. Um, Can we talk about animation? Please, let's do it. So, the really cool thing about this, um, the animation in the series that I think is really cool, is that I, and I think it was um, Eric Radomski, the director and producer, who had this idea to animate this by painting on black paper instead of white paper, since yeah. um, 
all, pretty much all of the scenes take place at night. Yeah. They're going for a very dark tone. Um, so they said, you know what, let's just start with black. Um, and so they have this kind of style of characters being able to appear and disappear from the shadows. Um, you say characters, but it's just the one. Pretty much just <laughs> the one character. Well, yeah, pretty much. Where'd he go? Um, <laughs> um, what was that? But they do some really, really cool things with light and shadow in this series. And um, just like some things like um, in the Two-Face episode, uh, I thought this was such a cool little thing. Um, when, uh, before he turns into Two-Face, like shortly before, when he's dealing with the, you know, multiple personalities thing and he's sitting in the office with the psychologist talking to her and she's um, hypnotizing him and trying to, t- trying to get his other personality to come out and he's sitting in the chair and there's like a, a lightning storm outside and uh, when she, she's hypnotizing him and like when he kind of switches personalities and the lightning strikes and like half his face had been in shadow and the light from the one from the window was illuminating half of his face, lightning flashes and it illuminates the other side of his face and it illuminates as the two-faced face, mm-hmm. but he hasn't changed mm-hmm. into two-faced yet. Um, I thought that was a really cool little like piece of animation. They do a lot of things with like lightning strikes and just like light and shadow in different ways. Um, they frame it really what well. What I noticed, yeah, especially about everything the... Everything's really well composed or like there's a shot where like Commissioner Gordon is going to pick up the phone, but you just see like his shadow on the wall. Yeah, and, like, it, it does a lot of fun yeah, with like, it's, like really cool. Stuff. Yeah, definitely very. One of the noir. things that one of the things that stood out to me the most about this, and this is such a weird thing, I think, for to stand out to a kid, but um, there's this certain lighting thing that they did a lot, where like moonlight would be coming in through a big window and kind of spread across the floor in this like very long shadow of like a window with the window panes. Can you picture what I'm talking about? Yes. Kind of? That always really, really reminded me of this show and that stood out to me like this. And I had a window kind of like that in my bedroom growing up. And whenever like moon, moonlight or like street lamp light was coming in and kind of splayed across my bedroom floor in that way it always reminded me of this and i still think of that when i see like this very certain angle of light coming in a window <laughs> i mean that's a that's um, a noir presentation that's all about like yeah. having the camera angle follow this exact arc so that like it yeah. to maximize the tension of an unknown thing that mm-hmm. is definitely right in front of me yeah it was done so well and uh really really creatively and really effectively the uh, so the art style of this is known as dark deco yeah like art deco um, but so the darker but dark right so, so art deco darker. is this very elaborate or ornate or glamorous sort of thing and then it's mm-hmm. mixed with the noir idea so you get mm-hmm. this sense of, of of gotham as this grandiose place that is just in a constant state of decay yeah it's very it's, gilded it's age really affecting yeah very yeah affecting. they described it as like if the um like art deco movement from like the 30s had just kind of continued Hmm. into like the 90s um and so you have that, like that's the era batman came out of right the original batman. right right yeah i guess that's um true. so they have like you know you can have like tvs and computers but they're all in black and white and like it's kind of this combination that makes it feel kind of timeless and you can't really tell like where in time you are because it's this weird mix of modern and older technology they do the same it's thing they do they use straight sci-fi technology at times yeah, yeah, it's it's this interesting mix, and they do a similar thing in Gotham. It's one of my favorite things about Gotham, actually, and I'll try not to talk too much about Gotham, um, but this is one of the things I really appreciated them taking that reminds me of the animated series in this sense, 
that they like hardly ever use like cell phones like they have landlines they have like typewriters and, and like older style cars and like you can't really tell like what decade it takes place in mm-hmm. which makes it makes it feel very timeless in a batman way that this animated series kind of created it's almost like a proto steampunk you know where like everything is yeah. clockwork but it also creates yeah. thinking robots and magic like you, yeah. you can't really tell whether you're in the future or the past yeah. The the timelessness of it makes it again kind of like a Shakespearean play yes. and like oh, you know, kids make stupid decisions about romance. Yeah, that that's a constant. Like Hooray. oh, the business businessmen are going to be corrupt and unstable people won't value the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is sure. very believable no matter where we are. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to say one thing cuz I I think we papered over kind of the noir and contrast between light and shadow aspect of it. Something that is so mm-hmm. effective in this is Batman's eyes. Yes. They are glowing bright white. <laughs> like, maybe not yes. glowing, but like they, it is a, such a stark contrast having his entire cowl, especially when he's draped in shadow and his basic, his entire figure is just black and you see those those glowing eyes. That is that is a constant in so many works of fiction where we want to build the idea of a person with a person with like incredible amounts of passion and drive and a fierce ideology. I see this so often um, this is why you have people's eyes glow in things like, uh, whenever you have somebody who's angry, their eyes glow red. Like this is, this is something that denotes, um, extreme willpower and a drive to accomplish something. Yeah. It's so effective. Just <laughs> the eyes are the windows of your, <laughs> of your face. face. <laughs> I'm so glad you got that. <laughs> I think I, I, think <laughs> I showed you that at one point, or you showed me that. You did. And my life was never the same. <laughs> In any case, that's all I wanted to say about the eyes. I did have something to say about the... I I think is a sin of this era, in any cartoon in this era, but this is especially apparent. Um, It's available right there in the opening intro, and then every time we have to focus on someone's face, is they will just stay there and wait for, like, five seconds while this face emotes. It is like, and it's, it is impossible not to notice once you start focusing on it. And it happens right there in the intro where like the, 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 uh, the crime people, whatever those are called, uh, are, are confronted with a Batman, specifically this mm-hmm. Batman. And sure. <laughs> Zayn is having an aneurysm over there. <laughs> what is this sentence? <laughs> and, uh. And, and it, How long have I been and, here? And he'll focus on Batman's face, and he'll just so slowly like narrow his brow, and the, like the music swells, and it's a great presentation. Mm-hmm. But it's something that this era does a lot: is that they have a really hard time being subtle with their facial expressions. Because because their faces are so basic, mm-hmm. like you need you need that. To, to show that uh, that shift. it's all eyebrows like they don't know how to do things that aren't eyebrows with faces it's so they just sit on the face and wait for it to emote as though this could be something that is just left to the imagination but instead i'm going to be like oh i'm going to plan to betray him later it's just a little less subtle than i would have mm. than i would have liked something i appreciate about the intro which i never really noticed or thought about until it was pointed out in something else i was watching um they never actually put the title of the series on the screen or anything. It's just like oh, the intro. Yeah. It's just an animated intro. They're like, everybody knows it's Batman. We don't mm-hmm. need to tell you that it's Batman. You can see that it's animated. We don't need to tell you it's an animated <laughs> series. Like, give the audience some credit. I kind of appreciate that. Until, of course, um, 
the very end when Fox deems it necessary to have Robin be so important and they rename it uh. Adventures <laughs> of Batman and Robin. They have a new intro with Robin there and they put it on the screen because that's Oh no, important. oh no, we appealed to too many children and now they don't know what the show is because exactly. they're too young to understand. Do you guys remember in the early days of, uh, of, of, or maybe it wasn't early, I can't remember what era this was in, but they had like a reader's 19 contest. 19 tickety-twelve? This was like Have there was what? like a readers contest, like not a readers contest, but like a, a write in to see what happens to this Robin or something like that. There was a recent Robin, and apparently you could write in to say whether or not this Robin should live or die. And he was so universally hated by the fans that they <laughs> voted to kill Robin and like just start a new one. That's does great. this? Does this? Do you? I think um, you guys remember that. <laughs> like I feel like. No. I remember a lot of Robins dying, but that's that's what they're there for. It's, it's so universe. that it's he's it's there so that Bruce has something else to lose. <laughs> um, who else can we bring into Batman's life and then kill? <laughs> Pretty um, much, it's that and Alfred. And Alfred, you don't touch Alfred. Alfred is pristine. You can't touch Alfred. No. In, in Injustice. He eats a superhero pill that gives him like super strength on par with Superman. Awesome. And so he amazing. shows up at like the very end when when Superman is about to like really wail on Bruce Wayne, and he like taps him on the shoulder and headbutts him right in the nose, and <laughs> knocks Superman unconscious. That's amazing. It's the and, best. Um, Wait, let me see. Hang on, I'm gonna go find that so I can show it to you. Oh, okay. Hey Zane. Hi. So I guess I'll just tell you this. I've been watching Gotham with my mom. Alfred is really a badass in Gotham he's awesome and my mom like every time they keep making you think that Alfred is gonna die and my mom always like really freaks out and starts like crying and I'm like mom you know that Alfred isn't gonna die because like he's Alfred his name's in the title <laughs> like his name is Alfred Gotham right yeah he's the Gotham that they're referring to <laughs> like you know that when Bruce grows up he's Batman and Alfred is his butler so you know he's not gonna die and she's like I know but I forget <laughs> Oh, there's the picture. Bam! Wow. Oh my god, that's wait, wait, fantastic. Wait, wait. Keep, keep, keep that on screen. Keep that on screen. The sound effect is cool. Yeah, it is. K-O-O-M. As Krypto- that's what Kryptonian noses sound like. <laughs> Who, who's writing these sound effects He just days? passes the hell out. <laughs> wait, what's that quip Alfred's doing? Oh, I don't know. Like, I'll put it on your tab or something. I don't know. Dinner, dinner is served. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alfred's a beast. <laughs> I'll get that dry clean for uh, you right quick. <laughs> Superman comes to and he's chained, but like Alfred's washing his suit. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, bloodstains are so troublesome. Um, oh, this is random. Uh, another uh, little piece of animation I really liked that I just remembered is in the episode Almost Got Him. Did you guys watch this episode? I did not. Um, I remember this one. We had, a, um, we had this one on cassette tape. When I was a kid, and there was like a read-along book with it, we used to listen to it on car rides. But Aww. this is one of my favorite episodes because it reminds me of that. But um, they're all sitting around playing poker. It's you know Joker and Killer Croc and Penguin and a couple other villains, Two Face. <laughs> That's um, an opportunity for them to all show off their quirks. Yeah, it it, it really is. It's just them. It's like, and they basically I'll go around. Yeah, t- you're as cold as ice, Penguin. Like it, that's just it's, prime. Pr- it's pretty much that for twenty two minutes. But it's they they each go around and tell the story of the the time that they almost killed Batman. Oh, that's and, pretty um, cool. That's like a Samurai Jack episode. It's, yeah, it's actually a really good episode. I like it. And um, they get to the end, and and basically it's all set up because Killer Croc is actually Batman in disguise. Spoiler Yo. Right. Um, but uh, 
right before that is revealed. Um, so there's like a swinging lamp hanging over the poker table. And I think like he gets angry, he stands up and like pounds his fist on the table or something. The light starts swinging, the swings toward him. You see Killer Croc and the light swings away and it's Batman's shadow. And then it swings back to him and it's Killer Croc again. And it's just really cool. Yes. Yeah, there's there's, little, there's certain class, aspects of this. Piece of animation. If you're working on Batman and you don't know like the ins and outs of lighting, you shouldn't be working on Batman. Or, or yeah. maybe like that's the class you take. That feels like a that feels like a film class that you probably have had to take at some point. Devin is like how to how to make Batman look good in a shot. How to like that's a shot light, light Batman. Yeah. Yeah. How to Batman. <laughs> yeah. Batman. Batman, Batman lighting one hundred and one. Yeah. Ca- Bat- Batman choreography making. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, um, I have not. I'm all mal out of material. Do you guys have anything else to say? I have one more thing to say, and then I think I think that's this is my last thing I have to say. Whoa! Um, <laughs> I can't believe we got, I got through a, we got through a lot. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk briefly about the voice acting, which, as we've already mentioned, is awesome. All it's very good. Um, it feels so natural. Things, yeah. Well, one of the reasons for that is that this was actually all performed ensemble so they performed this nice. all in the same room together instead of in separate recording sessions which is what the industry standard is Man, um if i could be <clears> a fly <throat> on the wall for that yeah which um i think really led to it being more natural and nuanced um and they uh also uh, where everyone sat around a table except for mark hamill who would be standing because <laughs> he he can't do that he's standing on a, bal- on a balcony looking at the moon <laughs> Yeah, yes. pretty much. You you can't do that role sitting down. <laughs> no, you can't. I, I think I, I, I saw an interview with him once, and he was like, yeah, like, I've tried to do the Joker voice as a whisper, and it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's um, too menacing and not silly, silly enough. Um, they were also talking about how they, um, when they were hiring the actors and directing them, they specifically told them, like, forget about doing cartoon voices like they did not want it to come off as cartoony at all they picked people who were really good actors and told them to just act like they were acting on screen um and to try and not make it cartoony because they wanted depth to them and they wanted them to come off more as real people and not as like cartoony voices um so i think that the the voice direction and that idea that they all did it performing in the same room together live um really added to that also and that also um, makes it feel of, more like a play in, in kind of like, yes. the orchest- uh, like the orchestra kind of nature to it and the idea that they're all mm-hmm. like, they're all there for the scene, but some of them are kind of backstage mm-hmm. is, is a feel that I really yeah. like to it. Yes. I, I, I actually expected a lot more like chewing the scenery. When it happens, it happens. Yeah, but it it's happens like, <laughs> a lot of the times they're just like, they are talking because like, if you're running a criminal enterprise, you don't shout everything. <laughs> Um, Maybe you don't. I assume. <laughs> Probably. You don't know. No, I don't know. Um, another thing that I found here about on, on that note in the episode "Perchance to Dream," um, which is an episode where the that's the Mad it's Hatter, a wonderful life one, right? Yes. Where like we um, get to see what Batman would do if he wasn't a Batman. Yeah. So it's like Mad Hatter, like puts him. <laughs> to sleep or hypnotize him or something and he's in this like dream sequence kind of thing gives him mad hatter like, pills whatever yeah and he kind of like realizes Inception. he's dreaming and it's this, it's this whole thing it's this whole rigmarole um, yeah, <laughs> like a, jump a, through a bunch a of hoops to get batman episode, asleep but, um 
in that episode, Kevin Conroy voices, so he does his Batman and Bruce Wayne voices. He also voices Bruce's father and evil Batman all in real time, alternating between the four without having to pause for recording. Nice. Um, which I thought was pretty Dude's impressive. Beast. That's like a Paul F. Tompkins-esque <laughs> like, comedy bang-bang routine. Like He's playing four different characters all in the same recording session. That's super mm. ambi- and That's very ambitious. I like it. Yeah. That was next on my roster. I just didn't get the chance to see it. The music, I think, in mm. this is um, like it's it's both dark and heroic. So you know, you get in the intro at least you get the dun da 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 dun. Like that's the classic, you know, triplet to a strong downbeat is the superhero motif. And I I think that the music really complements it and keeps it from stagnating too much. Like Ben, when you mentioned the like focus on the face change. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what makes it okay. That's what makes it work. Yeah, and when it, you have... it lubricates that somewhat. Ugh. And when you have the <laughs> it music, has other, it has like, other uses, Zane. Like that's where that's where the music really comes in is is during those like altercations between some guy who is playing four guys, um, like being able to punctuate the difference between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's a very flexible style. It, it, like uh, the the music does a lot of the it does a lot of the. It, it gives tonal lifting. yeah it gives it a lot of the momentum to a scene like uh the it, it's generally the most apparent during like the fight scenes the action sequences because there is almost no talking during that which is a, a bit of verisimilitude that i wasn't expecting you know that like the whole mm-hmm. villain and hero it's like spider-man yeah the, the villain and hero quipping back and forth to each other during a fight thing is is sort of a a mainstay that i'm very used to and i'm, I'm very happy to see it not included so um but uh yeah, having uh, the the music kind of picks up the slack there because it kind of gives us our cues to well, this one's a triumphant moment. Well, this is there's like a lot of tension coming into here. Is Bruce going to get out of this? Okay, and almost almost uniformly that would cut out with um, cut into an intermission kind of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. it, it 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 is it's a it's a very important kind of necessary. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to say it. Like I can't imagine any of those scenes happening with dialogue instead of music. The music needs to be there to articulate the mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. I believe the music for this, so this was done by Danny Elfman. Yes, it was. I believe, I believe also um, did the music for Tim Burton's Batman, on which this kind of came on the coattails. And I believe You're right. it was, I think it was um, kind of based off of that as well. Did he do Bat Dance? Oh. What? The Bat Dance. Bat Dance, is that a is that a song from the Batman? That's a thing. I thought sure. so. I think in a moon dance. I don't know. I, I think what we're so getting at is moon that like, this show is so nicely polished. Mm-hmm. Um, polished. That, polish is the is the is the word for it. And it and it just it fits this unified aesthetic that the voicing and sound and music and like everything kind of really fits in to give you this aesthetic. The sound effects I did want to mention just you know all the different varieties of superpowers and weaponry. Mm-hmm like each have their own feeling like every different villain has their own like sound template you know how this is a stepping stone between the uh the campy and the the newer one it would be so funny if they tried to onomatopoetize the all of the all like the bamf like cacao kind of like splash image sound effects that they used to have (laughs) like like if they tried to do that just like have the characters say them yeah like when a like when a bank robber gets like punched in the face and he's like poof <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> or like, that sounds like a harvey dent line yeah i bet he could boof like a, i could i bet he could boof with the best <laughs> 
thwack you, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I didn't really pay too much a, 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 too much attention to the sound effects on this. Well, they like, felt, they felt what like Mr. Freeze's picture what Mr. Freeze's gun sounds like in your head. Like that's oh, not that's a hard uh, thing that's a picture. Metroid ice beam, right there. Yeah. Okay, well, there's a lot of ice beams in the world. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the, um, the world is full of beautiful ice beams. <laughs> We've been going pretty long. Do we want to start wrapping up? I think so. Up, cool. Uh, well, there, I, there I was guess... a lot of there, a lot of bat facts to get through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a we had a lot to say. Um, Devin, how does this stack up with your favorite Batman? What is it as good as you remember it being? Yes, it was every every bit, huh? I know that you got some more out of it this time around because you, or maybe not this time around, but like recently, more recently than when you first saw it, you saw some stuff in the villains that are a lot more sympathetic this time around, like Harley Quinn. Yeah, um, yeah, I de- there was definitely a lot more depth to a lot of the characters than I remembered picking up on as a kid. I was, ner- I was kind of nervous to go back and watch it because, like, I'm always nervous to go back and watch anything that I have such a nostalgic attachment to from my childhood because i'm afraid that it won't be good or that it'll ruin it or something like that yeah don't don't watch invader zim again that's my recommendation (laughs) i've had i have a dvd of land before time that i found in the five dollar bin like like that's on the list like five or six years ago and i haven't brought myself to watch it because i know i will cry for like three days and it's just gonna be a problem but um yeah, this was great. It was, and actually, it kind of helped. I I have watched some of these episodes. I've got like some DVDs of them that I've watched. Like, it 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 hasn't been twenty years since I've watched all of this. Um, but it um it it definitely held up. A lot of them were you know just like I remembered because I I remembered a, a few of the episodes very vividly. Like the ones we had we had some VHS tapes like collections with certain episodes that I would watch over and over and. And do you pretty do you think that uh, do you think that um having seen some of the more some of the newer batman incarnations do you think that has uh changed your perspective on this show at all or as at on batman as a as a character like does that add or subtract anything from your enjoyment of watching this show does it change um, it i see them as different and this show has always been the bar to which i held up all other batman iterations and none of them have lived up to my memory of this show, really. Um, I enjoy other Batman iterations, um, but I've never found any of them to diminish from this show or make me like it less or anything like that. I think this will continue to be the bar that Batman has to live up to and probably never will again. <laughs> yeah. I, I would I would definitely uh, agree and say that this is like a central Batman to me, or at least at the very least was the platonic ideal of Batman outside of comic books for 15 years, at least until the Dark Knight happened, mm-hmm. which I still go back and forth, forth like which of these bat of, of these Batman stories I like. Mm-hmm. This Batman is, of course, the best Batman, mm-hmm. but there's more to it than that. Yeah, I, I think I'm 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 a little bit dissenting on this. Um, this Batman doesn't feel like my Batman. I like my Batman being a bit darker and uh, a bit more serious, a bit more of the straight man to for, to let the, the the villains play off of. A little less humanized, I suppose. But I really like viewing this show in context with where he eventually ends up and where he started out. Like I like this as a stepping stone for his character. Um, yeah, yeah, the small stuff before he starts intergalactic threats in yeah. uh, Injustice League. And and even though he's not my favorite Batman, he this is like an extremely well polished, absolutely 
like perfectly fit canonically and it's like i i feel i feel like they did all they could for this show i think that there were a few things that it kind of suffers for because i have seen so many batman things that i'm just kind of tired of seeing the characters do the same thing like i i've seen the joker break out of arkham and then like mm-hmm. go on a caper so many times that that plot line has to inherently be a little less fresh to me but um i i don't think that that's necessarily a knock against the show it's just i've seen it a little i've seen it too many times yeah yeah i guess that's where i'm at yeah all uh, right well, well anyway uh thank you so much is... for, for joining us Devin. uh this thank was you so delightful. much for having me on this was fun you... yeah you yeah, brought a lot I, I of. I haven't talked about Batman this much since uh, when we talked about Batman Beyond, which was a very I different beast. Have I've been telling my husband <laughs> all of these fun facts I've been finding as I've been doing this, and he probably cares <laughs> way less than you guys do, but he knows all of it because yeah, I Price is We care too much. Let's <laughs> do a, a, a Price is Right betting. How many times do you think we've said Batman during this episode? Oh. I tried to switch it up with Batman, ba- Batman, and Batman. But I, I don't know if those count. <laughs> yeah, those Batman movie. <laughs> Batman well. Um, Batman well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, God, I, really, I love Batman I, well. I appreciate you coming here and with your notes. Uh, if you weren't here, it would just be like a long time of Ben and I saying like, Mr. Freeze would go by Dr. Freeze, right? Like he had a, like, he had a degree. <laughs> I always Were you waiting? <laughs> uh, I feel like he, cool. would, he would be the guy too. Like if somebody called him Mr. Freeze, he'd be like, it's Dr. Yeah, I, th- I thought you went by Mr. Freeze now. No. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, I feel like his priorities have Dr. changed from you know academic elitism, but maybe not. Maybe I don't understand Mr. Freeze too well. I think that we have talked so much about Batman and DC in general that it is necessary to get somebody else's perspective on it to talk about mm. it well. So that was extremely useful to kind of have your nostalgia to look through on this one because Zane and I didn't have it, so that was like very relevant. And I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you contributed. So thank you so much. Well, I'm glad that you liked having me on. It was a lot of fun. And I have to remind you, and let me tell, I hope that you remember, you promised me that if my Christian Bale impression was good enough, that I could come back on for my favorite movie for a bootleg segment. So the, I hope I don't that remember promising this. It happened. Favorite movie okay. is so, Mask of the Phantasm? No. It's Batman Under the Red Hood? No. Although okay, I will good. also do that if you want. That one's real good. Did you have you seen that? Yeah, but it's been a really long time. Oh no, 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 wait. That, that no, 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 the Red Hood ba- one. I think I watched that. I think I watched it in college. I think so that one's my favorite animated time. Batman thing. Hmm. Yeah, okay. that is very good. But yeah, give me give me a good Christian Bale. Wait, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Well, I wasn't gonna yeah. say it unless you told me I could actually do it. Oh no, I'm, this it's is like a birthday wish saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. If I say it now, then it won't come true. Well, you got to do the you got to do the impression either way. I've already done it. <laughs> when I've done do my again. Batman impression a couple of times in the beginning. Well, now I'm on do the it spot. again. I don't remember it. Well, there will be plenty of opportunities to do Batman impressions in our next episode. Um, Isn't there next be- episode Wallace and Gromit? No, Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> yeah. Um, or oh no, we could do the Michael Caine impression, right? He's he's English. The Michael King. Oh, for 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 Wallace, I guess so. Sir, you seem to have turned into a dog made out of clay. You, you're, you're going a little cockney for Michael Caine. You seem to have turned into a dog, love. <laughs> oh, right then. 
Good day, mate. You a dog? You play? <laughs> I'm a dog. You a dog. Everybody do the dog. But you're going to do the dog all day long. Does anyone know what I'm doing here? No. Uh, and after that, Ben, what are, what are we the, watching? It's the dog for... rap. It's from uh, Doug. <laughs> oh. Uh. Doug. That's what yeah. we're going out on. Just so, just so you're aware, Zane. Not happy about this. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> uh, and then, Ben, what are we watching for our fabulous, fan crabulous hundredth episode? Do we? I don't even know. Is I feel like we built it up. Episode? Happy hundredth episode. Well, thank you. It's good to have. It's good to be appreciated. Um, Zane, do we even say it? Like we've actually, actually, I think um, we, if you include all the unshelled segments we've done, I think our hundredth like was actually reboot. Yeah, but this is our hundredth like <laughs> cartoon episode. Uh, I guess. I don't think we've said it out loud. I don't think we've time. even admitted it to each other. So let's count down from five and then say it together. And Devin, you can throw a guess out there when we <laughs> okay. count down from five if you'd like. Okay. okay. Uh, all right, ready? Yes. Five, four. Three, two, one. Jackie Chan Adventures. What did you say? Jackie Chan Adventures. I said Jackie Chan Adventures. Wait, Devin, did you say Jackie Chan Adventures? No. No, she didn't. I I heard her say. I distinctly, I distinctly detected the the phonemes that that suspiciously sounded into My Little Pony. Oh, we already did My Little Pony. I I did did My Little Pony. Oh, that's right. Friendship is magic. Yes. Jackie Chan Adventures, you know, it's a it's our hundredth. We want to do something that's super good. We want to do something that has a lot of episodes to it. Like, if if we weren't so interested in getting this show, like this episode, you know, sooner rather than later, that might have been it. But this is something where I want to be able to watch and see multiple arcs. I, I could like do. This, I could do. I might watch the a whole podcast <laughs> on that show. Yeah. Jackie Chan Adventures um, is so great. Zane and I probably love it more than it's good, but uh, that'll make for a fun episode. There's a lot there. We love it so <laughs> much. It, it actually doesn't make sense how much we love it, but I don't know why. It's like, what if Batman was awkward? <laughs> yeah, and was having and a magic. bad day, bad day, bad day. <laughs> bad day, Batman. He's okay. my favorite Batman. <laughs> and one more thing. Oh my god! And that what thing was a totally, bad day. What if they totally played against type in the next Batman movie and just made it uh, played by Jackie Chan? <laughs> I'd be pretty into it. <laughs> that sounds. Devin, would you be into that or or not I, into that? I would definitely check it out. But only <laughs> he only fights with ladders, like bat ladders. Only if the villain could be played by Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, Batman. Well, I don't. I don't care which villain it is. I just want to. Ha 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 ha! He's Calendar Man. <laughs> He's got to be Monday. Tuesday. Monday is like, right. Looks like you've got Sunday, a bad case. Monday, Monday of the Monday. A happy day, Batman. It's that time of the month for you where you die. <laughs> Zane, why? <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> well, maybe he would be two faced, and he'd be like. I got I got scratches on the one side of my coin. Oh yeah, and the other face is Tommy Wiseau. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, this sounds great. I can't wait to see well, the script. Oh, hi Bruce. <laughs> uh, yeah. Audience, if you want to write this script and have us uh, read it on on the air, we'll write work, into we'll the work for peanuts. <laughs> we are we are waiting for this to happen. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, if you uh, are interested in dropping us a comment on either of those. 
um, Walls and Gromit or Jackie Chan Adventures. We are super psyched for Jackie Chan Adventures. We want some real feedback. So please go ahead and give us a comment at our Facebook page. Go to cartoncast.com and drop a comment. Go to our, our uh, podcast network, Fancy Bat. Drop a comment somewhere. Send us an email, whatever. Um, go ahead and drop a rating or review on iTunes. And more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin, do you have any uh, any uh, remind the audience what they can check out of yours? Perhaps. Anything you want to plug? <laughs> no. Or to do? <laughs> you didn't seem to the first time, so I don't know <laughs> if you've had any business ventures mid podcast, but you know, feel free to let us know. It's what, a what you can check out of mine is the next bootleg segment that I'm going to be on as a guest. <laughs> nice, very my well. favorite movie. I love that you're using our terminology. <laughs> It feels so special. <laughs> I'm well versed. Why do we call it that again? Eggs. <laughs> Wasn't there an egg Batman villain? Like Egghead? Oh, yeah. Like without any knowledge of it? Yes. Yes, there definitely was. Sure. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on, Devin. And, Absolutely. Uh, Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, what do we ride out on? I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Alfred. I just did my Christian Bale impression again for you, and you were laughing at it. Now you don't have to hear it again. I got it. Oh, good day, Batman. It's <laughs> good me, day, Christopher Batman. Walken. <laughs> good day, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs>